Hello, hello, and welcome to Review 2. This week we're Review 2-ing the Experience and Innocence Tour. You wanted this, and now it's happening. McFisto comes back out. Again, a song that I never expected them to play. I'm very happy to eat my words. It's a barricade. Barricade. I can see what you're saying, but I don't care. Trying to find innocence at the end of experience. Hello, and welcome to a very special edition of Review 2. Long awaited. I have been sitting on a lot of stuff for... Months and months, unable to talk to tell Johnny about anything to talk about. So much of what I know and love, and mm. um, it was a total U two blackout, you might say. It was a complete U two embargo for you, wasn't it? Yeah, which made it difficult to interact with social media, and that's no one's fault. But I kept going on Twitter and seeing songs appearing, <laughs> and I'd have to instantly go ah and get rid of them very very quickly. So we're finally at the point where we can drop everything and we can talk about experience we have been experienced now tyler for the third time me for the second time well my name's tyler sat with me as always is johnny we're two bespectacled u2 fans we love talking about that too and today we're talking about u2 experience and innocence 2018 just walking down uh Cotton Street to meet up with Tyler now, uh, around about 10 to 5. Still very hyped for the gig, but remember I don't really know anything about it yet, whereas Tyler has already seen a form of it in New York. And Tyler says that he has big news for me, and I'm going to go and meet up with him in a little Mexican restaurant branch to see what he has to say. So we are in Northern Monkey. You might not be able to hear us because they're piping in quite loudly. Stay far away. So close. Close brackets. Uh, I'm here with Tyler. We've met up now. Tyler's given me the score and we're getting hyped about the gig. How are you doing, Tyler? I'm, I'm really good. Um, I've, I've never been this excited for a U2 gig. Really? Not even when you're in New York? Never. Wow. This is... This Homecoming. Is Release is sort of. My favourite band are playing in my backyard. That's that's what Manchester feels like to me. It's my backyard. It's this is where I came as a kid to buy U2 records. Yeah. To Athletics Palace. To, yeah, to Athletics Palace. And I, others. I went to Athletics Palace this week and bought No Line on the Horizon. Ah. There's a record I'll get a lot of you so to. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's something in the air. This it feels good. It feels magic. Um, I, right now, I wouldn't. I don't want to be anywhere else. I think Mancunian fans will be very, very appreciative of the return now, because it's been a long time since the Vertigo tour. Yeah, twelve years. I feel old now. Um, yeah, so I think there will be a, a, an air of celebration. And Manchester knows how to throw a party. So um, yeah, it's. I mean, we're kind of breaking our rule. We're, we're playing U2 music on a, on a <laughs> podcast. Well, it's in the background in a bar anyway. So, uh, yeah, we'll check in as the night continues. Okay, in case you can't tell, we're in a Manchester pub before the gig. Even the Donda stars, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so what song can we hear in the background here, Tyler? 
Acrobat. Yeah, Acrobat. So this, I don't know anything about the gig, right? Okay, I've been really, really trying to avoid spoilers. But this is the song that has been climbing up my YouTube hit list that I desperately want to see live. And Tyler can't really say anything. He's just sort of like whacking his legs, really, because obviously I don't want him to spoil it for me. But I really hope they play this tonight. Um, so Tyler, without spoiling it, what can you say about this song and your feeling at the moment? I don't want to give anything away, but they, they do play uh, 23 versions of Silver and Gold. Oh, my dream come true. Yeah. And then, then they just leave the stage. And then Keith Richards comes on and they do it again. No, 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 it's just 20, 23 versions of Silver and Gold, and then they're out. Uh, it's divided critics, but um, I, th I think there's some good stuff in there. Yeah, it's experimental, but interesting. Okay, so as the strains of uh, Where the Streets Have No Name finish, Tyler and I are finishing our drinks, and we are ready to go to the gig soon. We will be walking there presently. Tyler, how are you feeling? Uh, pumped up. I've, I've felt like this since I woke up at half past ten this morning. Um, just this sustained high in energy. Uh, I can't. I can't wait. I can't wait to get to the arena. I can't wait to see the show. Uh, it's just. It's just great. We're sat here with some of the review two listeners. We've got Gareth here and we've got Stu and, and Phil. And, and Phil, who has never listened to the podcast, but I've uh, I've been talking to him, and he promises to listen to all of them <laughs> as soon as he gets. Them. That's how we get fans, guys. We yeah. coerce them into it. It's almost at gunpoint. Um, but yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm in a bar with my mates and my listeners, with new friends, with you two anoraks, listening to you two, about to watch you two. I couldn't be happier right now. Nice one. Well, we'll see what happens later on. Tyler and I are walking down the steps. Yes, we are. Of the MEN. It's the opposite to elevation, isn't it? It's declination, yeah. We're declination. walking. Declination. And that might be a word just for using about Declan. <laughs> but anyway, we're walking down some steps and we're getting very excited. We are currently on uh, just about half an hour before the gig. It's filling up. It looks incredible. Yeah, and we're going to go for the Adam side of things tonight, I think. Because. Mainly because I'm wearing a Pop-Tart t-shirt. Yep. And also, we were on Edge's side uh, last time, so we're gonna, we're gonna go on Adam's side this time. And no one took up my offer of doing fancy dress. Nope. No. I mean, literally, no one. Yeah, I didn't think it was gonna work. No, so disappointing, disappointing. We're just gonna get our ticket scanned by the helpful uh, ticket people, get our wristwatches on, wristbands on. I already have a wristwatch on. And we'll see what happens later on. Right, so we've found our place. We're on Adam's side, halfway down the walkway. Um, it's Johnny's just mentioned that the just noticed something. The barricade, as they call it, is already down. Yeah, which is different from last time. <laughs> I have crucially noticed. No, I will just remind everybody. Johnny knows absolutely. I almost swore. Then did you hear that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Almost swore. Uh, Johnny knows absolutely nothing about this. Yep. Um, Very little. Uh, and I know, of course, what's going to happen. And I'm really enjoying Johnny trying to piece things together. And Like Cluzo, I am putting together all of the pieces. But Wait, no, like Paro, not Cluzo. Right now, how different is experience to innocence to you? Feels weirdly similar. I don't know. It's very odd because last time I was in London, which I'm not familiar with, 
now I'm in the MEN, which I'm it's probably not called that anymore, is it? But I'm, I'm, it's Manchester Arena. Okay, I'm I'm very familiar with this. I've seen so many bands here, and yet you this two is, are here. This is our home arena, isn't it? Yeah, this is our this is our hometown. This is our pride. And um, <laughs> in the name of love. Yeah. Well, thank you, Eric Idle. So, <laughs> so it's interesting to see the um, the barricade, whatever the hell barricade. it's called, barricade. Um, down, we can see the drum kits looking nice and sparkly. There's lots of people looking tired, sat near the bar- <laughs> near the near the, the fences, which is fair enough. They've probably been here a while, but we've been able to get a good spot, which I'm very happy about. Always go for Adam's side. No, everyone goes for Edge's side. Go for Adam's side. Yeah. All right. Okay. So we'll see you in a bit then. Bye. Also, Tyler, my opening song prediction. I've got two, it's either going to be Blackout or Love is... Uh, oh, what the hell is it really called? Love is all we have left. Yeah, that's right, Love is all we have left, yeah. Have you heard of this band called, called U2? two, yes. <laughs> you and two. Love is all we have left, I don't you, you and the twos. Baby cries in the doorstep. Yeah, that's one. So one of them two, possibly. Or, or 4th of July four times. I, I think they sack off this whole experience thing and they come on to MoFo. Actually, they walk on to uh, pop music, then go into mofo, and basically they just do pop art. Yeah, fair enough. That's not going to happen. So, should we get on with it? Our usual way of doing this is we will talk about the stage, we'll talk about the swag, that is our shorthand for the clothes that the band are wearing because we're that pernickety and interested in what they're wearing, and then we'll talk about the songs track by track. Um, I guess we can't do a whole episode where we go right through the first night and then right through the second night, so I think it's going to be an overall review, isn't it? We will talk about the differences, Yeah, but I don't think we can... It'll be one four thing, hours if we do that. One thing I definitely want to do uh, when we get to that point is see your face when I tell you the songs they played in New York, mm. and then you will see just how different the show was. Yeah. 
Okay, that'd be a good idea. So first of all, the stage. Uh, a lot of people will will recognise it from the Innocence and Experience tour three years ago. Yeah, and but I was worried about that. I genuinely was worried because I thought, are they just going to do the same kind of thing here? Is this going to be what I feared? I they've done the Joshua Tree. They spent a lot of time focusing on that massive screen and doing something totally different. And then, okay, let's get the Innocent stage out of the mothballs. Do the same thing again. One thing that I, really concerned me stupidly. Is you know they've got the IE logo. Yeah. Well, now that they've switched it round, I was I was I was wondering how are they going to make the stage fit that because it, the stage will still say IE because it, that's the shape it's in. Yeah. Wow, we've and, gone and, deep early on, haven't we? Yeah. It's just it's right from the off when they announced it, and I saw that they were using the same stage. That's where my mind went. Mm-hmm. That was the worry that I, as a U two fan, had. Which is just so silly. But they they did change the stage. Not only did they change the yellow from the Innocence Tour to the blue for the Experience Tour. Wow, big change. But the barricade. Which yeah, which I, you're not mishearing that. It's a barricade. Barricade. Um, the floor of the barricade, which is the big screen that they climb inside throughout the show. And they do climb. <laughs> I, it, it, I'm it is... very glad we did, I didn't see Bono at literally climbing up the inside of of the the no, but screen, he was he was but... hanging out of the side bit of it though quite he, a bit. He was, yeah, he was having fun. He wasn't quite the uh, 360 swinging microphone. <laughs> How nervous do you think the rest of the band get when he does that now? Uh, well, be thinking about the US Festival, won't they? <laughs> well, Ed, didn't Edge fall off stage? Was that this tour, last tour? That was first night of the last tour, or early on in the last tour. Someone right. complained about that. Has anybody fallen off stage this this time? I, I I've not heard if they have. I don't think so. I think Bono's uh, Bono's chin is safe from getting scarred up again. It's not going to be Adam or Larry. The 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 th- firm, uh, firm and steady. The firm <laughs> and steady. Yeah. Um. So what else was? Was there anything else different about the, the stage? I, I think it was the way that from from what I can remember it. It opened up a very in a very different way. It seemed that they have it's evolved a little bit, and they're able to be a little bit more versatile with it. It seems like there are screens that not just come down from the top, but screens that open out in the middle. In Lights of Home, there was the moment where you see the stage actually tipping, and at first I, I couldn't really tell whether that was a visual illusion or if it was actually physically tipping. The up first and down. time I saw that, I felt exact. I, I I really didn't know if it was. You know, there was just some part of the screen that didn't have the lights turned on, and it was just the image on the screen that was mm. tilting, or if it was the actual screen, and yeah. it was the the screen itself. And it's quite subtle because you you don't realise it at the start. Obviously, he's looking up towards that sort of heavenly vision that he's got, this sort of pathway of lights, and then it does tip. There's a lot of subtlety, and the first night we arrived and saw the stage from Adam's point of view because. When we went to watch them in London, we'd gone on Edge's side. I can't remember whether it was the technical north or south side of the stage. A little bit of a tip for anybody who's going to London or Dublin or the the final Berlin show. Um, I would definitely go on Adam's side because there just seemed to be a lot more movement. Mm. I was looking at this last night because we were from a, a, we were in we were seated, uh, we were in a more elevated position, and Edge's side was so busy, so many people on, on that side. As expected. I know you're trying to bait me into an argument already on the podcast, but I'm not going to let you do that. Uh, just for sheer comfort, Adam's side to me just looked looked the best. And mm. it's not as if they spend a lot of time on that A stage. No. 
you know, the majority of the show is in the barricade, on the ramp, or on the E stage, mm. which really annoys me. Just call it a B stage. I know it's got a big E on it, but come on. We don't have to be that specific these days, do we? I suppose not. I'm happy with it being an E stage. But that's my recommendation. Obviously, do what you want. I'm not the boss, but I would I would go to Adam's side because there was, there was just a lot more free movement over there. So Tyler's tip is um, obviously applying if you are standing. And this time, we have actually had the experience of standing and sitting. And I'm very happy to eat my words and say that the seating experience was fantastic. It was great. Was it better than GA? Um, it was different. I'll be diplomatic and say it was different. What I really liked was we got a really intense experience the first night with the band mere meters away. We got some with some great pictures. Well, we, we <laughs> I, did, I didn't. Reasonably good pictures. <laughs> I mean, we we didn't want to see, sp- see Twitter for evidence of that. Yeah, we didn't want to spend too long just taking pictures. It is obviously very very annoying. Um, so. We got a couple of pictures, but we got a very intense experience, which uh, you may as well start a drinking game now, guys. We're going to say experience about 100 times on this podcast. I expected this, so I have gone to thesaurus.com. Mm-hmm. It's easy for me to say. Uh, and um, there's a few other words we could use. Um, knowledge. We have a knowledge of what happened. Okay, yeah. And that was one. An observation. I'm not going to be using these. I'm just going to say experience. <laughs> um we have a familiarity. Okay, the innocence and familiarity tour. Yeah. We have an understanding. Great. Okay, well, you can use any of those as you as you see fit. I think you're just going to have to bear with us, really. Um, so, we got the, the standing experience, and then we also, on the second night, got the seated experience. And one of the things that made that really, really special, and why I'm happy to eat my words, is you got to observe all the different things that are going on as a whole show. And you got to see Bono really conducting the whole crowd. And you get, obviously, a real um, a real enjoyment from seeing the little closely observed details when they are a few metres away from you. But I almost preferred seeing him and the rest of the band, of course, conduct their way through that whole um, gig and make the, make the crowd react in the way that they did. He had them just perfectly. I mean, this is music to my ears because I've told you this. You can watch the whole show. You mm-hmm. can watch everything. I think I thought that it would just feel like a DVD. It didn't though, did it? No, no, not at all. It was great. It was so comfortable. Not only did we see the whole show, we can go to the toilet when we want. We can go to the bar when we want. Now, these are the big issues. Yeah, great. <laughs> so... It was it was a bit more comfortable. I'll say that definitely. Yeah, absolutely amazing. And you got the wide angle perspective. You could see what was going on for the screen. You didn't get a crick in your neck, which I definitely got from the first night. I mean, that's me. the The amount of detail that I missed the first night. Yeah, looking at that screen. Just talking about Manchester right now. We will get to New York, but I was staggered by how much more there was to see. Yeah, and how much. Really, not that you miss out on anything because I I get it. It's un- it's great to stand up and have a dance and you know mm. put your arms around the people near you. Yeah. Although no 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 one seemed to like that when I did it. No. I tried <laughs> last night. I tried to shake hands with the guy behind us because we we'd shared eye contact a couple of times. Such and, a weirdo. And he completely missed it. <laughs> he completely missed it. Um. It also in the clips. Uh. Try and play a little game and see at which point I get really drunk. <laughs> Because it happens, it, mm. it definitely happens at some point. Review to advocate drinking responsibly. Is there anything we can say about the stage? 
I think we'll probably get to it as and when as we go through songs by by song. Um, so in conclusion, it's very similar to the Innocence stage, but it's what they did with it. I think one thing I did want to add, and as I say, you know, I've seen this this tour four times now. What I did want to say was, I only realised last night how much they've incorporated different things from different eras. The big screen is very reminiscent of Pop Mart in, in just how much they use it. Yeah. And I suppose you can club ZooTV in there as well. Yeah, the fly was very ZooTV-ish. Yeah, you've got the, the that B stage, which is reminiscent of the one they used in ZooTV. E stage. And the main stage from Elevation... It's pretty. It's pretty much the exact same thing. Yeah, it's sort of like a patchwork of all the previous tours, isn't it? In yeah, a, in, a, in a way. And it was like, okay, you're piecing this all together. And once I, I, I didn't just see it as the experience and innocent stage. I went, oh, okay, so that's from Elevation. That's from Pop Mart. That's from Zoo TV. Mm. And it was like this. The only thing that was missing was a claw. Yeah, I didn't miss the claw. I think it, it wouldn't have added anything. to Did this. you miss a forty foot lemon? Because I definitely do. Yeah, I did miss that. Yeah, the, the closest <laughs> we were getting to lemons was uh, the lemons in our gin and tonics, and that's about it, really. Okay, so let's go through a few stats. So there's two legs of the tour so far announced. Um, I can't see them adding another one, another leg, although there has been, has been a lot of noise about you know the fact that the band haven't been in New Zealand and Australia for eight years. Yeah, so that is really tough, and I feel for any fans um, who are listening who aren't going to get to see them anywhere remotely near to them. Yeah. Um, it's quite a short tour, though, isn't it, overall? Knowing you two, I would imagine they've got something up the sleeve to, you know, appease those fans. But I, 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 I don't know. So currently, there's just there's two legs, the North American and a European tour. How many shows are there, Johnny? We've got a total of 61 shows overall. The start date was the 2nd of May, and it will be finishing not too long off in the 13th of November. Yeah. So not a very not a very long tour overall. And um as we said, ah, oh, kind of hearts go out to people who won't be able to see them anywhere anywhere near them really. Yeah. Um But you know, it is it is a short tour, but then again it is the third tour in four years. Yes. Um so I don't know I don't know what more you can expect from them. Yeah. But you know And maybe we expect too much, um, because I guess now we've now we've had that experience again <laughs> now we've had that we're going to instantly say okay when's the next album coming boys but they've been on tour for so long now they've they've written a lot of songs but we know that they don't like to put out anything that isn't their best that they've not thought about for a very very long time so yeah maybe 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 we can't expect something anytime soon although it would be definitely nice i, I honestly think it's going to go quiet for a year which which is at, reasonable at, i think they've, least, they deserve that really at least yeah and uh you know i hope here, here we are, still in the middle of a tour. You know, still less than a year away from an album. Still singles coming out from that album, and here I am saying, "Oh, I hope it's not long until the next one." They literally can't give us enough, can they? Yeah. Um. So maybe I should just for now be happy with with what we've got, and I, and I am. I'm I'm over the moon. Um. So there's not really there's no. Stats for that, really. Small arenas again. Yeah, yeah, which I'm quite happy about. Um, yeah, that's yeah. it. Stats done. So, moving on then, um, the, the swag. swag. Um, I, I, I ha- I'll I, be honest, I don't remember what they were wearing in New York. Okay, I don't think anyone's going to mind. Um, no. 
I will also hand it to you. I think Adam was better dressed than Edge this time. Edge, I mean, thank what you. What are you playing at? Where's the jacket me, going? Me and the Claytons. Thank you for yeah. that. Well, <laughs> well, yeah. Edge, he had that amazing jacket with all the um, what are they called? Those things that the tassels from head to toe. He couldn't have looked cooler. I like, and I thought you talking about Adam now. Yeah, I'm 28 next next month. Yeah, and I thought I was past the age where I would look at you two and go. Okay, they're wearing something like that. I've got to go out and, and buy something. But the really cool kind of slim fit combat pant that that Adam was wearing mm. with the boots and everything. I was like, oh, just I I I can't pull that off. But oh, no. I wish I could. I really wish I could. I could go out as an Adam Clayton tribute act or something <laughs> like that. He really he looked he looked great. The the first leather jacket he had the black and white one. Yeah. Which was like a classic biker jacket, but snazzier. Yeah, just, just Adam seems to add that sparkle to everything. He's got incredible taste, <laughs> <laughs> and he had his uh, stripy blazer that he was wearing later on, which was which was great. Yeah, as uh, well. Edge, Edge was just I, I, he had the he had the cool metal pants from. Um, what from I really appreciated on the first night was getting up close and personal with those trousers, and actually seeing what it is because I thought they were zips the first time I saw them. No, they're like bits of like belt buckle, like punk sort of belt buckle. Yeah, he looked great, but there wasn't anything like innovative going on with with Edge's uh, dress sense. And quite right because he's more concerned about more important things. Bono for a change wore black. Yeah, I've never seen that before. Uh, <laughs> did not expect that. Um, and and Larry was all in black as well. One important update to Larry's look, though. Can you remember it? <laughs> the, where he put the blazer on for. The, the one song. Oh, I didn't. Mean, I didn't mean that. He's got. Oh, spectacles. the glasses. Yeah, yeah, he's joined review two in being bespectacled. It really suits him. Um, I was thinking, should he grow a beard? Uh, it worked in Zoo TV, but mm. I don't know. I think it looks. It looks quite. I think quite clean shaven. I, looks well I think there's a beard missing in you too. Well, Bono's got. Anyone the, finds it? Bono's got the know. stubble, and Edge's got the goatee. But I think a, a beard would really not. Not Adam Clayton. Uh, he can. He's. He's cool. He's. He's. Leave him alone. Do not touch that man. He's fine. Yeah, I think that's what people should be saying to you. Anyway, um, right, so <laughs> that concludes the swag section. So um, so we're going to now take you track by track through the gig. We'll talk about um, the couple of differences in set lists that occurred on the second night. Um, so here we go. Let's get ready to be experienced. So we're in general admission and we hear the opening strains of Noel Gallagher and his high-flying birds. It's a beautiful world. What happens next, Tyler? Well, what happened next in Manchester really shocked me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm stood there thinking, oh, I know what's going to happen. Johnny doesn't. And how wrong was I? Um, you've got the set list there. Mm-hmm. So let me just... I, I'll just read out the set list. I only need to read out one from New York because they only changed one song for the two nights, okay? Yeah, okay. So this is the set list that I got in Madison Square Garden on the 25th of June this year. Love is all you have left. Okay. The Blackout, Lights of Home, I Will Follow, Gloria. Now, Gloria the next night was changed to All Because of You. Okay. It seems quite similar to Manchester so far. Uh, right. Apart from, the, apart from the very first song. Then Beautiful Day. Yeah. The ocean. <laughs> the ocean. The ocean. I would love to have heard that. I really, really would have done. And what, it, what a weird thing to play. And it was one of those what the hell moments. You know, like, I didn't expect this to play. 
basically uh, the band played it. Yeah, who and else Bono would play it? talked over it. Oh, that's a bit annoying. It was like a, a talking bit. It's really weird because Bono's talking over it, and this is a song that really you don't expect in a in a set list anywhere. Yeah, and you're waiting for it to kick in and for Bono to start singing. That song never really kicks in though, does and it, it? And it just didn't happen. It was just Bono talk through it. Yeah, song ended. And then it was on with the rest of the set. Yeah, straight into 4th of July. Iris, Hold Me Close. Oh, okay, fair enough. Cedarwood Road, Sunday Bloody Sunday, Until the End of the World, Elevation, Vertigo, Desire, Acrobat, You're the Best Thing About Me, Stirring at the Sun, Pride, Get Out of Your Own Way, American Soul, City of Blinding Lights, One, Love is All We Have Left, and Thirteen. Wow, okay. Yeah, so there was... Wait, you mean Love is Bigger at the end? Yes. Yeah, sorry. Okay, <laughs> didn't play... Uh... The, need the first song need a few, you know, more. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, just don't don't call your songs all the same thing. Is what is what I'm <laughs> trying to say. Right. Okay. So, well, they should have called it affection is bigger than love, light, else. blah blah blah. Yeah, they, <laughs> they do like those themes, um, and they've explored them well. Yeah. So, there, okay. So there were pockets of that gig that were very very different. Then, um, hearing that, I'm glad that. I'm glad that I got the gigs in Manchester that I got. Um, there's nothing in there that makes me annoyed that I wasn't at the New York ones. You know, I'm thinking, oh, I really, really wish I could have seen that. I, I I, really want to hear sort of Homecoming live, and I'm annoyed that I missed that on the Joshua Tree tour. And it would obviously be nice to hear Unforgettable Fire again. And there's a couple of other ones, but there's nothing in that New York show that I'm devastated not to have heard. But it sounds like a great gig. Yes, yeah, like Staring really at cool. the Sun was unreal. Yeah, that's true. I would like to have heard that. And and again, that was something that I just didn't expect them to play at this point. Did they do it acoustic or did they do full band version? Uh, it, was just, it was the Edge and Bono bit. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't think they like playing that with the, the full band. It was quite funny though because Bono told a story about... And he kind of told the same story in Manchester about them in the late 90s having some time off for the first time and going down to the safe of France and drinking a lot of wine. Mm-hmm. And recently, Bono had looked at the Edge and said, "What is Staring at the Sun about?" Mm. And the Edge went, "I've no idea." Well, he needs to go to the uh, the pop episode of Review Two, and then he'll he'll actually find out. What oh, it's he'll, about. he'll get you'll get all the information in the archive of Review Two, won't you? Yeah. Um, but he resolved it as saying it was a time where they were ha- having some time off with the families in the south of France, drinking a lot of wine, and there was a lot of trouble going on in Ireland. And he felt like, you know, he's still a part of that. Even yeah, of though he's removed. He's removed himself. He's not the only one staring at the sun. We're all under the same sun. Oh. And, you know, it, it was, I just found that very powerful in New York. You know, sometimes we blind ourselves or we try to hide away from the, the problems that we, if we just turned around to look at them and dealt with them. Yeah. It would be a lot off our minds. So I just found that really powerful and really nice. And if you're playing a song from pop, then I'm I'm one happy camper here. Yeah, and it also fits in with those themes that are brought up on Summer of Love as well. Um, yeah. Those ideas of things being side by side, um, holidays and happiness and jumping in the in the sea. And then you've got images of the refugee crisis being contrasted there and put next to each other. So works really well. Works thematically for the tour. Yeah. So. Um, We've got the Manchester set list, um, and I'm kind of loath to do this because I, I I find it really boring when we. Do you just... want me to do it? 
I don't. I find it boring whenever we do it. But yeah, go on. Let's just let's just do it whenever. So um, so there you go. That's the um, that's the set list for for Manchester. And I think there was only. You can have a look. I think there was only one big change, really, which was that Gloria was switched out for All Because of You the second night um, in terms of what was actually played. The order was different, and I think um, that did have an impact. So do you want to just take us through one of those set lists, Tyler? I'll take you through the Saturday one, because... I mean, this is available freely online as well, guys, if you want to check it out. Yeah, I'm just trying to discern which one's Saturday. Um, So the one with Gloria, that was the first night. Okay, so The Blackout, The Lights of Home, I Will Follow, All Because of You, Beautiful Day, Zoo Station, The Fly, Stay Far Away So Close, Who's Gonna Ride Your Wild Horses, Elevation, Vertigo, Even Better Than The Real Thing, Acrobat, You're The Best Thing About Me, Summer of Love, Pride, Get Out Of Your Own Way, City Of Blinding Lights, One, Love Is Bigger Than Anything In Its Way, 13. Yeah, so that was Saturday's, but it's it's similar to to the one before. There wasn't a huge rethinking, and why would there be? That would be that would be odd. Although I guess the decisions to switch the order around was was quite interesting, and it maybe speaks to the fact that you two are a band that won't just rest on the laurels and say, okay, fine, it's it's all just the same. You know, let's let's just do it exactly the same way because we can't be bothered to switch it up very much. I'm wondering if they changed it because of fan reactions I don't know how many because we've heard from a few of the guys I spoke to in New York and a lot of the people I spoke to they were still expecting to hear Streets and With or Without You and hoping to hear songs from earlier tours and Mm. this really wasn't especially in the first leg wasn't the tour for that it was really pushing the album yeah so I'm wondering if they changed it up. I'll, I mean, I'll, they haven't put any song from in from the Joshua Tree in at all. And surprise! They said, surprise! They said they weren't going to. So I don't get this sort of reaction that that fans have. Now, obviously, everyone has a different gig. People turn up to you two at different times in their life, and I can see how you might go to it if you'd never been before, thinking, "Oh, I really wanted to hear with or without you." You know, but they just done the Joshua Tree tour. I have no problem with them resting every single track off that album. It's been done, guys. Adam has said that he fe- uh, he occasionally feels sick to the pit of his stomach before he goes on, because he doesn't have where the streets have no name or with or without you. Yeah. To rely on, they've really got to go out every single night and be the best they can be if mm. if people have that expectation because i think before this point streets had been performed every u2 show since it came out i'm i can't confirm or deny that and i can't bother no, looking no it up. stats are out there but it was certainly one of the more regular ones yeah, same with with or without you i think it was expected and people one of the things that we've talked about a lot is how we like to see when Streets is going to turn up and how they fit it into the set list because they do it in such innovative ways. My personal favourite being the way that they did it in the Elevation Tour, particularly in Boston. That transition from bad was so good. Is your least favourite Vertigo? Um, Yes, where it's Ted Talk Bonner with his suit on. Yeah. yeah. Glad he didn't turn up last night. Other people turned up who were unexpected, but we'll we'll get to that. Other sides of Bono turned up. Um, This was the first time you two have been back since the Vertigo tour in 13 years which was exciting for us obviously and meant that we could have a quite as you've heard from the audio clips we could have a nice leisurely trip into Manchester the city we love the city um, that we live in and to you know enjoy seeing them 
in our in our patch basically. Yeah, I didn't realize in New York just how obviously, you know, cuz I, I it's not walking distance. Um I've not got that much time. But <laughs> if, you know, I I caught I got a plane over there. I'd been over there for about 5 days at that point. I didn't really it's it was comfortable to go to, but I didn't realize just how nice it is. Yeah. To literally be 10 minutes away from the arena. Yeah. No, it's amazing. <laughs> and and in your you're more relaxed in your hometown, aren't you? Yeah. And that's that's our backyard. That's it, where we went watching our first mm. concerts at. It's nice to be reminded of how much passion and enthusiasm people, you know, you pass on the street every day have for this particular band that we that we share with them. And yeah. and it was nice that, that a couple of people stopped us on the streets and, and said that they like the podcast and things like that. So it was really nice talking to everyone who we who we who we got talking to really. Yeah, we've not got that many interviews from, from Manchester because we're just too busy talking to people, that's the thing. And we felt like it would be a bit weird to sort of get out our phones and stick <laughs> typical, it in people's faces. Typical Manchester, you just one beer leads to five and you just one thing led to another, I suppose. So we just didn't get anything done, but we really did enjoy meeting you guys. Um, it's it's funny how we were talking to a family in a pub yesterday, mm-hmm. and they were they were from Wigan. Yeah, which was and an odd coincidence. You two are just you know bringing people together. In New York, I met I met somebody from Chorley, which is the next town over from yeah. Wigan. And you have nice generations <laughs> as well. You can have in just a group of people about three generations of people who've passed on you two to each other. You know, you got got families and it's something that you do give to someone and you can sort of i don't know if educates the word but you know bring them to this band and share your experiences yeah, i'm not sure how, i'm not i'm not sure how objective we're, we're being right now because we're, we're both still gushing we're still full of beans from last night yeah yeah um so let's get onto the onto the set list i am sad that we didn't get um love is love is all um we have left um and having seen a couple of clips now on on YouTube, it would have been nice to have Bono begin the gig in that sort of way. I was expecting to hear it, and I was right on my predictions. It was either going to be that or Blackout, but it was a fantastic opener. It was strange um, for him to start like that because it was just him. Yeah, I, I, the tune was being piped in. I'm not sure if it was being played live. If if they were, they were playing it under. Well, you know, they're playing it under the stage. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Bono just stood there on his own with the thing going over him the MRI scan, scanner yeah the scanner going over him it was it was bizarre and i don't mean it was bad it was just a strange way for a u2 show to start but if you did have the the app mm-hmm. which they pushed a lot on the first leg and i've not really heard them talking about it no and i wasn't interested in getting it either no um it I saw people using it and it was okay, but it was just a bit gimmicky. Yeah. And I think, if anything, that made people realise, oh, I don't want to be sat here holding my phone all night. <laughs> Maybe that was the point overall Maybe. then. Very <laughs> innovative reverse psychology. And I'm sure I heard Adam talking about it, saying it was, you know, it's a little bit strange because, you know, you come on stage and nobody's looking at you. The, everybody's yeah. looking into into the phone and then it gets into about the third song and then they start putting it down. Yeah, I th- like we've we've said a few times, it's good that they're still trying to do stuff that is new and innovative, yeah. and I think it's great that they have that relationship with technology. But this seems like it's a bad idea if it's taken away from the gig and the visual experience. It's not going to help. I've said experience again. It felt like I was being transported to somewhere different because I wasn't 
I didn't get like the big bombastic beginning of a set like you expect from you two. Yeah. I got this very quiet, very subtle, strange image of Bono stood there almost static. Yeah. Not interacting with the crowd. Really weird. You know It's a bit similar to the fact that he started um the miracle on his own as well, isn't it? It's a very it, No, it's so different. No, that was anthemic. I get that. I get that it was a different feeling, but the this this both shows begin with Bono on his own. That's what I mean. And it's just this experience of if I say experience one more time. But one one is like one is the rock star walking into the gig like he owns the place. Yeah. Which I'm I'm not going to argue. Starting with the miracle and hearing the crowd, yeah, do that. That's that is amazing. If it, that's one of the, that's a great mm. in, entrance into a gig, almost as good as Pop Mart, but not. Yeah. Okay. But this weird. So did you really pref- weird? Did you prefer the way it was in Manchester, where it just starts with blackout? Yeah, and it completely took me by surprise. Yeah. And I think the imagery that you get on that that screen during blackout with the video of the silhouettes coming up to the you know the wall and trying yeah. to break out of it. Yeah, I think that works. That works really well. And if it works well because you haven't seen any of them up until that point, so it's kind of weird for Bonner to come out, say hello, then hide back in the blackout screen. Yeah. So it it makes more sense for them to be revealed. Was it? It's probably midway through the chorus that they actually get revealed. So we do get quite a big chunk of the song. Yeah. And this is such a positive where you don't get them all at once. One of the things that you've got as a band right at the start of the gig is how are you going to show yourselves at the start? How are you going to enter? And they entered fantastically. It worked so it well. It was like they were ascending. Because <laughs> they, they just appeared pretty much in mid-air. Yeah. I think that's the effect they're going for. They're, 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 there, they're above the stage. They're, yeah. they're already playing. They're right in the centre of the arena. And it just it came across really well, I think. Yeah, and they'd obviously spent a lot of time with the pre-recorded material, making imprints of themselves onto the screen, little flashes and silhouettes of them that disappear, and then you it's get the reveal. It's just building the anticipation, isn't it? It's yeah, like, they're in the arena, but I just can't see them yet. Yeah, and and then they finally they finally go for it. It's like when they what the, what they used to do with elevation, you know, playing it slowly. Mm. And making you think they're going to kick it in at the the chorus and and not doing that. No. So um, so blackout was fantastic. It's a song that's that's grown on I think you a, a lot, and yeah. I've 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 liked it. Um, I was a bit skeptical about the whole Ned, uh, Zach, Jack, all that kind of stuff. Don't forget Fred and Fred. Um, but it it works so well, and this is where the song belongs. It belongs as a thumping set opener. Then we get lights of home. Yeah. The St. Peter's String version, uh, which is the version that I wanted. It would have been nice if we'd had some actual live strings going on there, but I think that is too big of a request to have every night. And we got the audio of that, um, whether it was pre-recorded or some sort of synth, or maybe it was people playing under the stage, I don't know. But it was a really intense version of that song, and we get that walkway um, of, sort of pathway of lights, which I guess is harkening back to the whole brush with mortality thing. Yeah. Um, It looked like Bonner was... Walking to his death, basically. I mean, in a in a in a, in a really positive way. <laughs> he, but he was he, he welcomed death as a friend. To yeah. quote Harry Potter. Yeah, I know it's Harry Potter. <laughs> so, um, but he doesn't know because he's walking up, and then, as we said before, it then tilts, doesn't it? That stage tilts, 
or at least the lights create the illusion that it that it's tilting. no it does tilt it did tilt okay because the floor is detached from the barricade yeah and it's tilted but he gets halfway and it kind of seesaws mm. and goes down so yeah. then he ends up on the B stage or E stage <laughs> the A B C D stage yeah um what did you think of that version then i mean i i the only thing i have to say about it is that it was it was just as powerful as we've talked about it being when we've described it on the deluxe material and when we did the original review of experience it was it was really powerful yeah there was tremendous like raw of free yourself to be yourself which should be playing now so that's a note to me to put it in you should be hearing it over this in the edit and we, yeah, and we'll is that be, what we're talking over right yeah, now yeah yeah it's probably ruining it for people but should, we, should we try and sing along even though we can't hear it no I'm not no because I've got to like sync it up and it won't work how pleasing <laughs> uh, so Lights of Home that was that was great and and that was the point where you um, you really felt Manchester come alive because you have everyone chanting and when there is and we're a city that does love a big a big sing along, so that worked out really well. Um, closely followed by "I Will Follow," and uh, Edge gets his Explorer out, which is great. But then suddenly there was some sort of sound problem, and um, or something happened, and Edge had to switch to a, a Les Paul. I, I can't remember which night it was. I think it was the first night, but I thought it was quite interesting because he. No, it's the second night. Second night because we saw it happen. They're on the stage at that point. We wouldn't have seen the switch. I th- well, I thought it was the first night. Well, then again, you're taller than me, so you might have done. That is true. Um, yeah, so it's, it's it's odd. I mean, it's kind of an interesting thing to see him play on, on, a, on a Les Paul. I would always prefer it on an Explorer, but if it wasn't working... On the first night, I really noticed with this and the next song, Gloria, mm-hmm. Edge just had a massive smile on his face. Now, Edge is kind of stoic a lot of the time. Yeah, quite reserved. But he was just having so much fun playing these early tunes. Yeah. It's nice. I'm I'm always happy when I see Edge doing his little sort of hops, you know, that he does when he's <laughs> when he's spinning around. It sounds rubbish now, but him he, when he's spinning around, he was spinning around in the cage playing uh, Blackout and jumping up and down. And you think for a guitarist that does so many little intricate things, where a, a slight misstep with your with your guitar, even brushing the strings in the wrong way, accidentally, with something like bad, when there's so much reverb and delay, it can create a horrible sound. And especially if you've got delay on it, you're basically going to, if you make a mistake, you've made possibly 20 mistakes at the same time, because it will just repeat your mistake. Um, So it's nice to see Edge being a bit more punk and jumping around a bit. The amount of times I looked over at Adam, and Adam clearly just grinning like a Cheshire cat, looking at the audience, (laughs) laughing at people... I'm pretty sure he saw my pop tart T-shirt. Okay, but I can't confirm this. I, I think there's a lot. Of, I don't know. I don't want to be mean, but I, I hear a lot of people coming out from gigs saying, "Oh, in that moment when that put, he looked directly at me, I'm yeah. thinking the stage lights is online." And he, you know, if he's, you know, if he's looking in one direction, he's probably looking at fifty people. One direction with her. <laughs> but Adam, if you saw me, get in touch. <laughs> That's just a standing offer, isn't it? My you? number is bloody bloody blah. Yeah. Um so we had we had Gloria um and this was the the sort of well one of the changes that was made because uh the second night we had All Because of You. Now fans of this show will know I'm not a massive fan of All Because of You. I think I actually argued that it shouldn't be on Bomb. But I I liked it. It was good. And there's certain songs that you get at different points. It was good. I I thought it was it was a good version. It's such a weird choice. People I, remembered it. The, yeah, they did. They definitely remembered it. Um 
and it it is it is a it's a live song. Still doesn't have a very good chorus, unfortunately. <laughs> but it's got a big chunky riff, which is which is great. Um, yeah, it was it was good to hear. It was a song that you again you didn't expect to hear. I, w- I wouldn't have put money on on that at all. No. Um, I, I really wanted when I heard Gloria the first night. I thought, oh, maybe they'll switch it out for Out of Control tomorrow night. You know, something that goes back to the old days. Um, and I would really like to have hit, heard that, but sadly not. I didn't realise that we'd never seen that. Yeah, it's difficult because it all sort of mushes together in your head, and especially the amount, the sheer amount of DVDs that we've watched of of you two, it does sort of mush a little bit. But yeah. that would have been that would have been an absolute highlight. But all because of you worked worked really well. Um, and then we've got Old Faithful, Beautiful Day coming in. Uh, tore the roof off the place, as expected. Yeah. What did you think about I loved this? it. Um, yeah, this was a time when I, I actually did enjoy it. It always feels like a treat. And we've seen it so many times, but it, every single time, mm. I feel like I, I feel like it's a surprise. I still don't expect it. go that far. No, I still don't expect to hear Beautiful Day, which is, which is weird. But maybe I should... I, I definitely should have expected it if they've taken all the Joshua Tree songs out of the set. Yeah. You need to rely on those key hit singles like Vertigo and Beautiful Day. Yeah. And all because of you, apparently. <laughs> um, and on the second night, on Saturday, there was some sort of uh, snafu where Edge <laughs> or someone, um, I'm not sure what happened, but it kind of went a little bit wrong right at the end. I like it when things like this happen. And I think Bono tried to save the day by singing Here Comes the Sun. And there was a moment where he was like, oh no, Edge is still playing there. And um, it, it's funny to see that they are they are just four blokes in a band and stuff goes wrong every now and then. Yeah. Not, not dramatically, but it's, it's just funny to see that they're, they're, they are human. Despite what people might, might think, they're not gods. Okay, so next track. I've not got a list on me, so... Well, the next track... Here you go, you can have that one. Um, so, the next track, um, I think, will be illustrated best by this particular snippet of Bono talking and then the track arriving. That ends... Just a love affair with great cities across Europe, cities like Manchester, cities like Amsterdam, Madrid, Berlin, you know. Uh-oh, here we go. So, Zoo Station. It was Zoo Station, (laughs) yes, exactly. And it took us all by surprise, um, as you could hear. I I was so happy to hear Zoo Station. And again, I, I I didn't expect this much... Acting baby to be in the gig, but it just feels like an, an odd one to pull to pull back out the bag. I uh, I I don't understand why, you know, why they did acting baby, and after the first night of so much acting baby, I did hope that the next night they were be a bit more pop, going to treat me <laughs> to a bit of pop. But um, yeah, no, let's have Miami. I, I want to know when when Bono last said boom cha. Yeah, <laughs> I probably just walked around the house saying it. Um, what creeping up on Ali going boom? <laughs> yeah, I think you've scared the listeners there with that. <laughs> um, yeah, and and they the screen really came alive for um for this for this particular song. It, they really? managed, yeah, because they managed to change Is it. Zoo station. All right, not not it didn't come alive as much as it. As far it as does. I remember, they had one little thing that just said "you too." Like one road sign, the loneliest road sign in the well, world. Well, it wasn't a road sign, was it? It was, it was, it was from the U-Bahn in, um, in like Berlin. So, and they had at the end, they had uh, the 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 stop, you know, the Berlin stop that, that turned up, 
by by coming live, I mean it, it started to come into its own then because to me it felt like we were getting a station effect and a train effect and Bonner was leaning over the railings and he was doing the whole face pressed up against the glass thing. They're doing a lot with with quite quite for them a small amount of of equipment. You know, the the barricade is really complicated uh, in in terms of its technology, but it's I think we're probably going to anger you two stage crew by saying that well, they're not using a lot of equipment here, are they? <laughs> it's no, there's a lot of it, but it's not it's not a lemon, is it? And it's not a massive McDonald's arch. It's it's something that they would they were doing in in a really interesting way. Oh, actually, something we haven't mentioned so far, and Zoo TV kind of links up with Zoo Station, <laughs> kind of links up with it. Mm-hmm. Um, the opening with Zoo Roper, mm-hmm. where we I think we both expected. Well, we you probably didn't, but I was looking forward to a full version that, of Zoo Roper on that first night. I definitely thought I was about to get Zoo Zoo Roper, yeah. and re- it really shocked me because it's the first. Uh, it's the first. Not the first gig in Europe, but the first gig over over here in the UK. Yeah, and I just felt, you know, like that might be the the pro EU message to start off with Zuropa. Yeah, and it would fit I didn't in. know how, how political it was going to get. Yeah, I mean, you can usually better be quite political. Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't know how far down that line Bono, they were eventually going to go. Yeah, but they had the Charlie Chaplin opening. Yeah, so they had a clip from um, the Great Dictator by. Uh, by Charlie Chaplin, the speech given by Charlie Chaplin in that film, which is essentially a message of of anti-fascism, of hope, of community, of solidarity, and that film is over fifty years old now, and obviously it was w- written in reaction to Hitler, to dictators of that particular time. I've since looked at the speech on YouTube in isolation. A lot of people have actually put um, different beds underneath it, sort of inspirational beds. And a lot of the comments are, this is so relevant, this is still so relevant today. And all the clips that showed this this rise of fascism, rise of um, this sort of cult of personality, people like Putin, like Trump, people who are desperate to get people populist, basically, um, to get people on side with very violent and very, um, very stigmatizing policies. That's still here and it is still relevant. So it was a great opening. I can't wait to see that on a DVD version and see it all cut together. It was just it worked so well. It worked well the first night, but from a distance it was even better, I think. Because you could see the whole screen there and see the story that they were trying to tell. So many things I missed on that first night because you're just looking at Chaplin, basically, and the, the text that's going. But either side of him, you've got images like the big Trump baby balloon, which I really liked. I like the fact they used that rather than show lots of pictures of that stupid orange man's face, you know. It was really, it was really good. And... Um... I'm gonna say something now, but I want I, I I was very happy with the package I got last night. Yeah. At the end of that, I would have been really happy to see the EU flag turn up on the screen. Yeah. And Bono do, doing the fly, basically, yeah. like he did at Zoo TV. Yeah, calling back to it. Um, I mean, I don't know if Bono can get his leg up that high anymore. <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah, maybe he can't goose step that much anymore. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I noticed there wasn't any goose stepping. And I was just, I'm wondering if it's that, it, it's because times have changed and that would be scrutinised a little bit more It might these days. It might be not taken as in the right way. I mean, Zoo TV is so full of, it's so obviously a staged and irony-soaked 
show. Yeah. And yeah, Bono has a lot more scrutiny these days. I think it would have been a headache they just didn't need. And Well, because stupid papers would have been like, Bono thinks goose-stepping is all right, question mark, exclamation mark, you know, that sort of thing. And it's like, well, you've completely taken that out of context. Yeah. You know. Ugh. But that that was just, you know, something, yeah, it's something I, I wondered. I think, yeah, people would have been thinking, what? why have they not mentioned that? It's quite a big Did you hear start. any unhappiness from our fellow fans in uh, Manchester. When I was standing up, I did actually hear... Um, it wasn't at that moment, um, maybe because I was just f- so focused, but I did hear at, at some point when Bonner was just monologuing about the EU, someone would be like, oh, stop talking about politics and get on with it, you know, like uh-huh. sort of thing. And I think, like, do you understand what band you're actually watching? Yeah. You know, don't talk about politics, don't talk about the big subjects of, you know, religion, government freedom that kind of thing what sort of band are you listening to here no um i mean i i didn't hear that but and i didn't hear anyone say anything but on that second night i definitely felt like everybody was on board yeah with with what was going on yeah. in the show the first night and i don't know if it was just because it was friday mm. And people had been working and people had to travel to the venue. There was a lot of people travelling down from Scotland, yeah. travelling up from London, uh, which is weird because they're playing in London. You know, they tour so you don't have to. Um, but then again, I went to New York, so I can't talk. Yeah, uh, I am trying to speak in rhyme. <laughs> Doing it all the time. <laughs> um, but that second night, it just felt like everybody was a little bit more yeah. on board with the anti-EU message through... Not all of the show. The anti-Brexit message. It, it kind of bookended it, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the anti-Brexit, <laughs> yeah, not the anti... But I was uh, like, finally we're going. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I think it was... Um, and we'll get to that maybe a little bit more in a little bit more detail later on when it comes up naturally in the set. But I am glad that they're still talking about controversial, controversial subjects. You have got probably a more left-leaning um, Remainer-type audience from, from you two fans, I would argue. But I'm sure there were people in the in the actual in the stadium who 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 voted to leave, who probably didn't want to be talked to like that. But it's good that they're actually again taking risks with and, things. And it 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 is such a hotly discussed topic yeah. right now. And it was mean ma- ma- you know nearly fifty fifty in the result. You know when it was initially held. Yeah, it, it is a big news story, and mm. you, you kind of can't a band like you two can't just ignore that. No, it would see. It would almost seem worse if they did. Yeah, and knowing knowing that they do have such an involvement in politics, it would be, yeah, it would be saying, "Oh well, we're not touching this sort of thing." So yeah, yeah. it's more than a rock show when you go to watch you two. Yeah, yeah, in lots in lots of different ways. Um, okay, so uh, next on the list after Zoo Station, uh, we've got the Fly. Now this is where the order changes a little bit. Um, so I'm going off. Um, which one am I going off here? Ah, so I'm so it's a fly number seven for the second night. What was it for number seven on on the first night? On the first night, we got stay far away, so close. Okay, should we just do the order from the first night? That makes more sense, I think. Yeah. Okay. Because you can't talk about two songs at the same time. So stay. What did you think of that version of stay? It's good, wasn't it? It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was. It was. It was good. I mean, just just thinking back uh, to the gig. There was a time, and I think I told you about this at, at the gig, um, there was a time when sometimes I'd watched so many DVDs and was so familiar with like Elevation and Vertigo that I almost felt a disconnect when I was in the audience. Yeah. 
it, it was all, it was almost like it wasn't real because it just felt like I was watching a DVD. That happened to me during the Joshua Tree when those songs were played a little bit. I was right. sort of it, that was the bit where I was least invested. I was kind of like, oh okay. But with Stay, it was one of those songs that I don't think we'd ever heard live. Nope. And I remember watching it from Boston and from Zoo TV, and I was just always thought I really want to see that live. Yeah. And it was like. When I realised that they were playing Stay, because there's always, there's always like, oh, what song is this? Not for me, I know exactly. As soon as an opening chord or a guitar is picked oh, up. Oh, you're I'm a like... bigger U2 fan. <laughs> Here, you win the big gold Bono award. Oh, thank you. Um, you didn't have to make it. But no, for me, they started playing Stay, and it was like, okay, you've wanted this. Yeah. And now it's happening. And it was so, just so relieving to actually finally hear it and to hear everybody singing it. Yeah. It's, it was just I, I I just thinking about it back to it now. Yeah, makes me excited. I think it's the choices that they made were really good because they did they did rest those Joshua Tree songs the ones that you can rely on. And um, I was looking actually at a quote from Adam saying basically if you wanted those songs it's it's done. You know this it, it is done now. Um, so because they didn't have songs like With or Without You, blah blah blah, you know the other ones. They did have the chanting. They had songs which worked well for chanting. So even if you didn't really know "Stay" that well, and it's not the biggest single ever, you could you by the by the second time people were chanting the O's, you you would just be involved, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's very Catchy. very easy to get to get that bit. and get swept up in it. Yeah. Strangely enough, on the second night there were there was a family sat next to us. I think from the looks of it, it was a mother, father, son, and daughter, or son and girlfriend, or that kind of arrangement. Yeah. yeah. And they weren't singing. They they were singing the early stuff like mm. "I Will Follow" uh, and songs we're going to talk about soon, but they didn't really sing anything from that point onwards until the new album, which I found really strange because yeah, people I kept, just have gaps, don't they? You, you know, you, you look around and you catch people's eye, and, and it was like, oh, you don't you don't know "Stay," you don't know "Zoo Station." It's like, where have you been? <laughs> this is judgmental. No, but we're, I don't. I just don't understand that to not to not know them to the point of not singing along to them. Yeah, they either really don't like ninety percent of U 2s back catalogue, or mm. just don't, or they just don't know them. And it was so strange for me that. But I think there are people who just go out and in at different points in in their career. You know, just like if. If they played "Love Rescue Me," I wouldn't. I wouldn't hand on heart say I would be singing along with every single line. You know, um, one thing that sort of it didn't disappoint me, but I was surprised at with the "Stay," and you can hear this in the um, in the earlier bits when I put the sound sound clips together. Um, is I was certain I st- stuck my phone on to to record this. I was certain Bonner when he was doing the cities would say Manchester. <laughs> But he didn't, and I'm wondering: is that just because he's he's fed up with doing it, and it's a bit gimmicky now? You see, I just didn't even think about that. Yeah, uh, and I agree. I think it's normally something that he would do. But but is that just because of the Boston DVD? That might have just been one time he did it, you know, and that was it. I, I have no idea. No, yeah. but they don't play that song often. Maybe he's forgot he does that. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I think it's just that. He probably thinks, oh, I'm not going to do that anymore. It's just a little bit gimmicky. 
Um, I like the fact we got this arrangement of it as well. I mean, I would have loved the acoustic version, but it wouldn't have been the right time of the night to have that. And the full band version works really well. So even though I love that version with just the guitar and, you know, one mic between the two of them, this was a great version to hear. And it was something really unique. Um, the second night uh, I phoned, I know I recorded rather, I recorded that as soon as they started, I recorded it and sent it to Vinny um, because I knew he would, he would appreciate it because it's, he's, it's one of the things that he likes a lot. But he's still not big enough fan to actually have come with us and bothered to get a ticket. No, one of the things I've always wanted to... Uh, going back to DVDs, I always wanted to be in that crowd in Sydney. Because mm-hmm. that place came unglued when they played Stay. And I really felt like I, I I got that same feeling. Yeah. Felt like I was a part of it. Felt like I was a part of something I'd really wanted to be a part of. Yeah. Um, it, They did play it full band version. Yeah. And then... But it was in the barricade, so yeah. Larry wasn't using a full kit. But I didn't notice a huge difference between. Well, he's got ma- he's got ways and means to fill in that gap with a floor tom, for example, would be. And it's not exactly like a song that needs a full rap rack of you know like Nico McBrain and uh, you know toms everywhere. Is that how you say his name? He, he Guy from pro- Iron Maiden. <laughs> I think I've pronounced it wrong all these years. I think it's Nico McBrain. Brain? Brain, but I've always pronounced it Nico McBrain. Okay, well, if there's two bespectacled Iron Maiden but fans... But I'm pretty sure I saw a video of him saying his name, just as an educational feature, um, <laughs> uh, where, where he pronounces it as Nico McBrain. Well, there we go. Uh, I do have uh, my copy of Edward the Great signed by Nico McBrain. Yeah. And it, it says to my first name, and not Tyler, which everybody knows me as. Yeah. So, you know. Well, sort it out, Nico. Anyway, then, let's, let's, <laughs> yeah. let's get off this tangent then. Um, okay, so um, so what's the next on your set list? We'll go from yours. What's the next on yours? Uh, next on, have I got night one? Yep. Uh, night one was Who's Gonna Ride Your Wild Horses? Yeah, strange to see those songs from the 90s in such quick succession. There was a 15-year-old boy inside me just so happy to hear that. That was my favourite song for such a long time. Yeah, yeah. And again, a song that I never expected them to play. Um, and this is actually one of the songs that I thought they were going to play in New York because that had been spoiled for me. Yeah, I'd also heard about this, or at least I'd, I mean, because the band themselves posted rehearsals of them of them doing that song, so it's it was difficult to avoid that. Um, and that's not the the biggest spoiler in the world. But the th- the first line, uh, "You're an accident waiting to happen." Really made me laugh because I'd listened to one of our older episodes last week. The Acton Baby one. The Acton Baby one, where I read out a poem I wrote in university. And the final line was, Accidents waiting to happen. But when I tried to read that to Johnny in the studio, as you can hear on the podcast, Mm. he. Well, you lost it a little bit, didn't you? I don't know what happened, though. I've never laughed in that (laughs) particular way. Yeah, yeah. You you just you just burst, and it might have been the fact that you've written a poem that, about well that had that such like hard hitting subjects, but you also talked about gravy in it. <laughs> One of these days, I promise, I will have to read uh, the perfect pie, which is another poem of mine. Mm, sequel to that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, what did you make of make of horses? I was I was you know really happy with this. Um, I liked that it was a full band version. Edge. Edge seemed to really enjoy um, sort of swaggering around just because it starts with these big chords. Edge doesn't need to be doing lots of intricate stuff. It's just, you know, big chords, him striding around, getting a huge sound out of his guitar. 
there's so much joy in in this, you know, in these songs. Hmm. Even that, though they're not necessarily joyful. And they don't get to play these songs all the time. No. Particularly together. You know, you might get one or two of these in a in a show, but not all of them. Mm. So you really did... What I like about them being in the barricade is that you can see them all together. Yeah. The close quarters, the looking at each other, the they often walk to, towards Larry to finish a song. Yeah, they've been patting each other on the shoulders as they go past and things like that as well. It's really nice to see. Yeah, it, and it's... It's your mates. That's what this all feels like. It's your mates just in a band. You go and watching mm. your mates play the local, you know, pub gig or something. Yeah, with a barricade. <laughs> yeah, well, everyone, they've got a barricade in every uh, <laughs> Red Lion now, haven't they? Yeah. Um, I I think this worked better, though. I, it was nice to see that up close, and it was great. And I, this was a song where I remember, um, or I think I remember Clayton smiling quite a lot. I was watching him because I really liked the bass line in, in, in um, Horses, and... He was smiling a lot and having a good time, but I think it read better from a long way away. And this is another moment where I think it was better to actually be seated f- for the scale of that song. You know, it's it is it's a big song, isn't it? It has this anthemic feel to it. Um, it also reminds me of um, from the sky down. Um, there's a bit where um, where the, I think it's on the sky down where they're, they're rehearsing um, that for Glastonbury, and. Um, Bono's sort of ordering everyone around, saying, um, "saying Oh, well, you've got to, you've got to not play anything at this particular moment. You are going to stop completely, and then we'll create a dynamic." And it's funny because if you watch it back, this is really nerdy, but if you watch it back, you see Edge goes like, "Yeah, that's that's quite hard to do, actually." You know, and you get a sense of Edge being like, oh, "You idiot, Bono, just let us play this. We know how to play our instruments." How do you, do you, do you think? Okay, so they knew that those the cameras were on at that point. But I think you think Edge that. was being a little bit more mild mannered than maybe he would. Um, I think I think it was just. I think that's the day-to-day with Bono. It's like he's got all these big ideas and he's ordering people around and, and that's about it. Has really. Edge got that much patience? Yeah, he's got limitless patience, I think. You think of him as a very zen person, he's very, He's very yeah. zen. He's very chilled out, man. Um, I'd love to see him drunk, you know, spilling all the secrets. <laughs> when he's been with Bono for two weeks or something, and he goes home, mm. you won't believe what he what he's been had me doing this week. Mm. And let's loose to uh, Morley. I bet those would be some interesting conversations. <laughs> probably, probably. Um, okay, so um, anything else on on horses? Um, no, just so happy to to play it. It's another one that we can tick off and say this is. I mean, it's not that you take them off as if they're like a chore, but you know, it's it's good to see them. That's another one that we've got that we we can say we've we've seen, and yeah, to see it live was fantastic. So next up on night one, we got the fly. So this is track nine. Yep. Night two, what did we get? Well, the order on night two was after Zoo Station. It was the fly, stay, and then horses. So it's sort of just jumbled around a little bit. Oh, so, okay. So we've okay. Right. <laughs> um. Yeah, so we get the fly here. Um, I think this did work better on night two, from in my opinion. And but that might have just been because now I could see that huge screen and all the numbers and the reimagining of the sensory overload that you get and the slogans um, that they did on that original tour. You know, it's, and it's a, it's a reworking and updating of that, and it works so well. Yeah. It- it was it was a really good version of the, of the fly. Mm. Um, I I don't know what else I can I can say about it. I remember how happy I was 
uh, Innocence that they they did the Gavin Friday version. Yeah. And I was just as pleased to see this version. Yeah. And you, we've had a run of songs now that, in reality, you can't expect to see a, a U2 gig. You can't um, and if the crowd guarantee was flat, them. Yeah. No, if the crowd was flat, I'm wondering if it was a bit of fatigue because it's like, oh my God, they're playing this. Oh my God, they're playing this. Mm. And five songs in a row of that, yeah, you might just you might just need a beer. You Possibly. might you might just need a, a song to chill out. Yeah, um, just and j- give yourself a rest. Um, my feet weren't hurting at this point. My back wasn't hurting. Mm. My neck was, but uh, on the first night, and it I was should have been up. because I'd stood out, stood up at two gigs. I'd stood up at the editors, mm. and they're not the editors. They're called yeah, editors. editors. Yeah, I was they're called editors, you. and they really it really annoys me when people say that. Mm. So I stood up at editors at, at um, in Manchester on the Thursday night. Went to see you two, obviously at the arena, and then finally got to sit down, but mm. I, I, I'm in no pain. I think it's probably the adrenaline of just watching the band and, and being so enthusiastic at seeing seeing the stage and seeing how it how it went. Um, so many U2 fans of that editor's gig as well. Well, yeah, they, they've cited them as an, as an influence, haven't they? So it was, it was like they were supporting U2 24 hours before... <laughs> In a really strange way, because there was so such a community of U2 fans there, yeah. and I knew this because there was a lot of U2 t-shirts on show that night, Yeah, almost as if a, a sense of pride mm. that they were going to two concerts or three concerts in a row. Yeah. So that that really impressed me and added to my experience. If some, uh, some of you guys don't know who editors are, please go out and, and check that stuff out it's really good if you like um yeah if you if you like guitar that has similarities to you know the sort of interest in delay and things like that editors are a fantastic band for that kind of thing and also melody i mean um i think they've got a real good grip of melody in the same way in the same way that that bono does really tom smith uh who is the lead singer of editors has always had a really good voice and really good moments of charisma and showmanship and I really feel like he's just coming to his own. His own now. He's really got it. He held the crowd in the palm of his hand. But I think we've said that phrase about four times now on this podcast. Oh. Way. <laughs> just in case people are bored, that, of it. take a drink. Th- that's the fatigue of the weekend setting in. Yeah, yeah. So go and check that out. But this isn't review editors. This is review two. So we come back from a little on a little intermission. Yeah. And it's a Gavin Friday and Regine Chassain of Arcade Fire fame. Yep. The new version of Hold Me, Hold Me, Thrill Me, (laughs) Kiss Me, Kill Me. Yeah. Which as a sentence is a really hard thing to say. Yeah, it is. This is going to be released for apparently Record Store Day, but I thought Record Store Day was in April. Unless there's two of them now. Well, I don't buy vinyl, so I don't know. So, I I imagine this will be in my collection soon. Yeah. Oh, I'd like to hear it when you get it. I mean, once you've bought it and spent your money on it, I'm fine to, to hear it. Um, <laughs> I really enjoyed hearing this version. Um, the only slight disappointment, and it's a it's only a tiny, tiny disappointment, is that when I first started to hear those... Um, violins coming in you know at the start I was like oh it's Hold Me Through Me wow we're going to hear that as well there's another big big song and 
no, it was an intermission, and we got the comic book story telling the story of where they've how they've got up to this particular point, which was really enjoyable. Again, something better that it was better to see from a distance. It was such a cool feature that. Yeah. My only problem with it is that the tune's really good. It's a really good cover version. That's and the problem, is it? I don't remember listening to it. Because you were watching. Because I was too busy watching and reading the comic book. The, mm. It works well together. Yeah. Maybe it's my problem. I didn't take enough notice of of the tune itself. I mean, it's easily solved, isn't it? Because you can just listen to it when it comes out. Well, yeah, yeah I can. Um, so, what can we say about that comic book? Um, is it a way to sum it up? I suppose would be it was a, an overview of the, the 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 journey that they've been on, but particularly the journey that they've had with fame and with fortune and with money and uh, and also alcohol and and uh, there were pills and things like that on there. And so drugs were also featured. It seemed like it was all of the all of the excesses, shall we say? So the show into. is all about Bono. In particular, but you two as a whole, mm-hmm. trying to find innocence at the end of experience. Yeah, Bono says that at various points in the show, depending where you went. But that's that's the overarching story throughout. So in New York, on that first leg of the tour, everything was leading up to this point. It was a very succinct story about losing his mother, about yeah, you had Iris, about yeah. first loves, about first losses, about leaving Dublin, and uh, this was the point where they hit the 90s and things went a bit off or became a little bit more interesting. Yeah, or got really good if you're thinking about it in a so different way. We, in, on the first leg of the tour, we had been building to this point and I was like, okay, this is, this is the 90s. So it made it more sense thematically speaking. Yeah, there was much more sense of story being told yeah. throughout. So it's strange that they say that we call this chapter Vertigo because it's when that's when they say yeah. things went a bit wrong. But I also think they were they were kind of rolling into that the the sort of Vertigo era where Bono started to become way more of a public figure, you know, and and that went to his head a lot because I think they 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 put that in because you you had the ellipse um sign and stuff like that among all the other stuff the lemons and things. But then again saying that the context of Vertigo might work with that timeline because obviously they had to go through that, write Vertigo about it, and then bring it out. Yeah. So Vertigo was a retrospective. It fits look. all. I mean, I think it's if there's one criticism I do have of the show, it's in comparison to Innocence, there isn't as clear a narrative being told, and I really liked that about Innocence as a as a tour, and as it appears on the DVD um, from Paris. I think that that story is really clear. Whereas here. I think they thought Manchester likes particular sorts of songs, particularly Act and Baby style songs. Let's let's hit them with that. I don't know. I don't know if it, it's if they changed the the set list up because people complain too much, and I, I, it it would really sadden me, you know, if if that's the reason they they did it because it was a good show. Yeah, it made sense. I like the aspect of a show, a beginning, middle, and end, mm. and it it was good. And if, if if people just weren't willing to give that a chance, then that's a shame, and shame on them for for doing that. Yeah. So, I don't. I, I think they probably just want to keep it fresh as well. I mean, tours tours change, you know, over over time. But if they if they were just changing for the demographic of Manchester, yeah, which would be a positive thing. Yeah. 
then 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 fine. I think it could be, there could be an aspect of that in it. Yeah. Um, so we have we have that version. Um, we have the accompanying comic book. Um, it would be amazing to see how they cut that on the actual um, on the DVD, and it would be good to to rewatch that again. Um, and then we have elevation. Oh wait, do you have elevation on your on your? Yeah, elevation first. Yeah, elevation next. Um, yeah, elevation's fine. Bono is now wearing a hat. There's been a few costume changes. Swag Ad- update. Yeah, Adam was uh, on the second night uh, specifically was wearing a very nice blazer. Yeah, the stripy blazer that we I'm sure we told you about before. Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> and so Bono's wearing a hat with a gold rim on it and some eye makeup. Yeah. Or is it Bono? Mm. Because that kind of looks like that Someone Mr. McFisto familiar. guy from a few years back. Yeah. <laughs> and also the whole Hold Me, Thrill Me dev definitely did lead into that idea because there was lots of devil's horns and things going on within that within that version. Um, so they, get, they do ver- elevation, which goes into vertigo. This is all on the E stage now. And... They really loved this this section, Manchester. Yeah. And our feelings on Elevation and Vertigo have been said before. They It was great, and we had a good time. But it would be a little wrong of us, I think, to sit here and go, oh, yeah, I really love this version, I really love that version, because we've... Yeah. Our, our feelings of hearing those songs are on record. Yeah, so. it's, look, it's, it, they were good, and... All I all I wish is that people who hadn't been before say there is, there is, you know, similar to me, a kind of fifteen-year-old um, boy or girl though who's seeing that for the first time, those two songs one after another, and they get even a little bit of the feeling that I got when I was that age, seeing those songs live, fantastic, good. That's that's what they're there for, I guess. But yeah, I turn off slightly comparatively. It's a guaranteed hit, and I suppose, and again, I'll say it if you're taking out something as powerful as the Joshua Tree and taking out all those songs, you need guaranteed hits. Yeah. And Elevation and Vertigo are guaranteed hits. Yeah. Also, I'm, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but when we were, when you could see this from a distance, you could see the way that the light show was working as well. So every yeah. time every time that they would go into a chorus or there'd be a different moment... Or when Edge went into his solo in Elevation, for example, which is it was a really intense moment. Um, the lights are prompting you to react a lot more, whereas because we were on the ground level, it's like a disco. It looked like a disco. Yeah, exactly, a disco tech, if you will. Um, if only, if only that is that had come out with Boomcha. <laughs> I'm dying to hear Bono say Boomcha. I would like a full proper version of disco tech as it is on the record. That would be great. If in some weird world Bono just rang me, said Boomcha, and put the phone down. I'd be happy with that. Well, yeah, I was going to say... I could then just... again, I probably wouldn't know it was him. No, probably Announce not. Announce yourself, <laughs> then say boom chat, then you can put the phone then down. Then put the phone down. Yeah. I mean, I could just do that and just put a withheld, num- withheld number, put on a, <laughs> a dodgy Irish accent and probably convince you. Um, yeah, so, um, so it, yeah, good good versions of those two, um, but we can probably move on. Yeah, even better than the real thing. Yeah, this was um, this was in a different, different at a different level for me. Mainly not because of the way they played it, or because they did anything particularly different with it. It was a, a great a great version of it, um, similar to the one that they played last time, and I, I, it was a highlight for me. Um, 
but it was just the way that they introduced it when and Bono has got really good at having his cake and eat it with with this particular song because he was talking about the fact that they they became so so big headed or at least in the public's perception they became big headed and so Bono was talking about that but he still was able to say um you know I'm effing Bono this is lo-. he did say he did swear didn't he he did yeah. yeah and he said you know this is lot this which is which is I mean it's not like a he didn't knock me off my seat, but you know, it's, Bono doesn't swear a lot. Do you know he? what's great about that? If a non-U2 fan was in the audience, that would have been, oh, can't be doing with this. But because mm. it's a U2 gig and the vast majority of people are big fans, the fact that he can turn around and go, I'm effing Bono, yeah. what an ovation that got from It, it from really the did. That was probably the moment where I, where, where, where I actually sort of cheered the loudest, I think. I, I was thing. like, yeah, you are. It was, and don't stop being you because we... we we actually really like you. Yeah, we like you being that way. And, <laughs> and he was saying, he was saying, you know, this is Lord Adam Clayton. I can't, I, I can't remember what he said for all the other ones, but it was, but it was great because he got to have have his kind of cake and eat it. At he that said moment. something funny about Larry, and I can't remember what it was. Uh, someone will have to tweet us to to remind us what he I said. I think he called the Edge talented. Yeah. Um, he said he said nice things about Adam and Edge, and went, not Larry, of course, <laughs> and then and then moved on. Yeah. But it's just so, it's a, that was a fun point of the show. Yeah, it was really fun, and it was um, it was interactive. It was interesting. It was mm. funny. It was engaging. And it, they managed to make that song new as well because they were sort of making a commentary on on rock stardom and saying that is how they felt at the time. You know, even better than anyone else. You know, hands down, my favorite version of even better than the real thing. It, yeah, it's up there. I mean, the only one I would say peaks it slightly for me is. The original from Zoo TV. No, we may have one or two anoraks out there going. Wait a minute, Tyler. When you when you reviewed even better than the real thing, you you really weren't that hot on it, and you said you didn't like it. Mm. Agreed on record. Do not like that song. Yeah. And I figured out why in Manchester. I, I it suddenly dawned on me what I have against that song. Did you think it was um, you're the best thing about me? Chorus is flat. It doesn't go anywhere. Go again. It doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. It, have I said this before? No, I just remember you gave this theory to me over the weekend, and I and I thought I can see what you're saying, but I I I don't care. It's even better than the real thing, even better than the real thing, even better. Than, it's all on the same plane. Yeah. It doesn't go up or down, and that's that's what really bugs me about it. Yeah. Even mysterious ways, which I'm not that hot on, mm. at least that goes up and down a little bit. I'm not going to sing it because we're we're probably. Sang out after. Yeah, my 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 throat is not particularly great. Um, to be honest, as you might have been able to hear at different moments in this podcast, just from singing for two nights in a row. Um, yeah, I I I get what you're saying, and I think this is why you don't like um, No Line on the Horizon as well, because it doesn't have a chorus where there's a big variation. You know, it's just (laughs) the same. You know, the same level. I like I like those songs. I think they've got subtle choruses. I think it works out really well. (laughs) Let's not get back into Randall. Um. Okay, so um, and at that moment we also had Bono appearing um, because they had a circle above the stage, sort of replicating the circle around his hat that had um, cameras looking down. And was that the moment that it started shaking around the place and sort of turning around a little bit? Yeah, yeah. So that was that was a nice effect that was there. And Bono appeared in um, that was also when he appeared in the circle as well on TV, and it gave this sort of the way the lighting was to me. It seemed really. Like seventies top of the pop sort of feel to it, and yeah, it, was, it, it was, was great, and it was really cheesy. The, one of the lights was actually out because it had two tube lights going round the side, you know, to create the circle. Yeah, and one of those was out, 
and I was just because I used to work in marketing for a lighting LEDs company. LEDs again. Yeah, I was sat there thinking that might be. You're going to do them an estimate. No, that might be bespoke, so it might be made just for that. And mm. I was that I just I was sat there wondering how hard it is to replace that. <laughs> and I and I made a note on the first night to check it on the second night, and it was still out. So I'm guessing pretty hard. <laughs> sure, it wasn't intentional. No, because mm. the one on the other side was on. Okay, well, I'm gonna say let's put an end to the LED chat and <laughs> move and move that, on. I'm maybe. fine with that. Yeah. What, what's next in the set? Luck, what you've done to me. You brought McFisto to Manchester, and for that, I thank you. Oh, so Mick, go and take a seat. <laughs> Which is interesting, because Bono was doing a kind of Keith Richards yeah. um, voice for, Keith for McFisto. Richards, Johnny Depp sort of style thing. Which yeah. he did, he kept mentioning Keith Richards in New York when he was doing McFisto. Right, okay. And I'm and I can't remember and I know these shows are online and I should have researched this, but I'm sure there was a line like it was anti Trump mm. and something like that. Like if you vote for every time someone votes for Trump you add you add a year on to Cliff Richard uh, Cliff, Cliff Richards. <laughs> Keith Richards life. Yeah. But maybe no, I think that might be a Billy Connolly joke actually. I'm really misremembering this. <laughs> I'm I'm a, I'm a fan of the Stones reference though. Yeah. Okay. So McFisto comes back out, and this is where we have the facial recognition te- technology that they've been using there. Um, now, this was it was sort of spoiled on a minor level by the fact that as I walked through the uh, merch section of uh, the arena, I could see a T-shirt with McFisto's face on it. You know, and this new reincarnation of him. So. I was expecting it to happen, really. Um, I mean, it's only a minor thing, but it wasn't a, a massive shock. And I'm still turning it over in my head, thinking, do I like it or not? The first the first time I saw it, uh, with Bono speaking as McVisto, um on the first night, I thought, this looks a bit rubbish and a bit cheap. It's a much more sinister Bono. Uh, it's uh, McFisto. Well, yeah, it's, no. McFisto's a version of Bono, though, isn't he? So, um, But if you think yeah. about that lovable aged entertainer that <laughs> that McFisto was. Yeah. And now he's he is the devil. He's been presented as the devil. Yeah, he's he's now grown sort of teeth now, you know, and he, he looks actually supernatural and, and revolting. Um very Faustian, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And he I think what I was reminded of the first time was you know when Bono posted some um Things on social media have been messing around with filters on his phone, and it, you know those stupid filters people put on the on the phone where it turns you into a, like a, a fairy or a pig or some sort of thing, and it tweaks your face, and you know. I think you're isolating the uh, teenage fan base that of, of which is vast of of review to. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'm not. I'm not getting. <laughs> obviously, I've not got anything against that particular demographic. <laughs> I just hate those things, and I think they're stupid and and, and tacky, and it, it reminded me. It did remind me of that at first. I thought, oh, God. Um, but, and take another drink, when I saw it when I was sat down, it worked better. Um, it read better because I couldn't see Bono in non-makeup looking at this little tiny screen thing. And you could get a better sense of the, it's the a face. It's mirror, Johnny. Don't, don't no, but this... destroy the magic for everyone. Right, okay, yeah, fine. It's a mirror. Um, but what I liked about it was it was, it was kind of 
flickering off and on in the um, in the second night a bit more. Now, whether that's a facial recognition, it's just part of it that it, it doesn't always track him 100% of the time. Or It's got a lot better as well. But I, I actually quite like the fact that it was flickering in and out. And I think if, if it wasn't doing that, they could even do that a bit more to show that these are the same... You know, it's an aspect of Bono that's, that's flickering in and out of that. I, I would like that a bit more. And it was a bit more menacing when you're seeing it from the from a seated position, when you've got a bit more darkness and you can't see the band right there sort of doing it. That sort of ruined the illusion a little bit. Um, overall, I really liked it. Um, at first, I was like, mm, this looks a bit rubbish. I but. just have one criticism, and that was when Bono appeared on a talk show and I and on every single episode if I try to talk about Jimmy Kimmel I, I say Jimmy Fallon and if I mean to talk about Jimmy Fallon I say Jimmy Kimmel mm. so on one of the Jimmy shows uh, and I I think this was Kimmel I think this was Kimmel so Fallon then. where he turned up as Bono as McFisto it's getting confusing yep. as McFisto and he was wearing a red suit it was a red special edition of the show yeah and he had the the makeup on, and it looked incredible. Yeah, it, it did look really good. did look great. It's it was exactly the kind of updated McFisto I would I would have wanted. Yeah, and I don't know if it if it's a time thing that it's just easier if Bono stays in relatively I, the same. I think that is yeah. I think they just have the the makeup on the eyes f- to sort of touch it up a little bit. Yeah. and fill in the gaps, and then he can wipe it off. You know, and that's. And that in itself is is part of the show, isn't it? Where he's saying it's it's me, Paul, again. Yeah. Um, so I think that is just just a um, that's the reason for it. I think it, work, it works well. It works. It works well. Really like the story of him walking down Cedarwood Road mm. and someone saying, "You're no rock star. You're little Paul from Number Ten. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he he turns around and goes, "Who's Paul?" And that's the bit where he goes, "I'm effing Bono." Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. That just told a great little story for that. Yeah. And uh, it's a sort of swagger that it's nice that he still has. I, I like the fact that there is a humbler, more human version of you 2 on stage at the moment. Not that they were ever inhuman or, or, or anything, but what's I, I really like that. Interesting, still there. What's really interesting is that he presents that idea of this, as we have said on the show many times, this nude, zero character Paul you, Hewson. You keep saying nude Paul Hewson. I don't like you saying that. <laughs> It's never far from my mind, okay? Mm. Or anybody else's, because I keep saying it. But that idea of the real person, Paul Hewson, and then McFisto, just so closely put together in that section, yeah, just makes that both a huge show and extremely personal at the same time. Yeah. they've Like we said before, they've been good on the show at having the cake and eating it at the same time. So... You wanted it, and you got it. Mm. McFisto sings Acrobat. Yeah, we've got a little snippet of a Kraftwerk song called Hall of Mirrors, just which I don't want to forget because it's Kraftwerk. Um, but then, yeah, we, we finally have Acrobat, and and um, I genuinely didn't know they were going to play this song. Uh, we, we heard it in the pub um, beforehand, and I, I've put that in the clip of us, of us discussing it, and I was trying to... I, I think- thought you knew this. That this is going to be played. I thought this is one of the things that had been spoiled about you because talk on the internet had been so vast about it. No, I didn't have that. That that one wasn't spoiled. Um, horses, as we said, that 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 was. And I had an idea about some of the other ones. Um, 
I was absolutely convinced Red Flag Day was going to get played, um, which was a disappointment. It's been played a bit, but not I know, a lot. I know. It was, it was played... I mean, we could have had Red Flag Day instead of um, All Because of You, because that was a place in the set list where they switched it out. I... A hundred million percent would rather have had Red Flag Day. I'd rather have heard it, but all I can imagine is that it's not going down well. I don't see how it could. It's such a live song. Not enough people know it. Well, they should do their homework. Yeah, I agree, they should. But we don't live in an ideal world where only people who have every album of you 2 can go and and watch the show. (laughs) Unfortunately, everybody can still buy bloody tickets. Yeah, so so we got Acrobat. um, And... (sighs) This is this is this is where I mean you brought this up now um, this this point this is this is a difficulty I got I was happy that I saw I it. I, I, I worry about what you're going to say and I worry that I'm going to agree with it well I'm an, I'm annoyed that more people didn't know it basically and and there was a palpable sink in the whole mood of the show and this this was the only time for me where it felt like the band were really hitting and punching as hard as they could and nothing was really landing. And particularly on that first night, second night it was better. But the first night, I was stood around a lot of people. I mean, I moved closer to the because we were midway down for the majority of the of the gig, really close, but midway down. So I went to the east stage for Acrobat um, and tried to get there a little bit closer. And I was just surrounded by I'm not going to go at anyone, but I was surrounded by lots of people who were just chatting or, you know, interested, but sort of in a kind of oh, what's going on here sort of way, not. Oh my god, it's Acrobat. It's the first time they've properly played it live. This is a moment that you should be it should be registering. And it's such a personal song to me. It's my second favourite U2 song on the last top ten count. <laughs> you know, for any any fan of Axer out there. Um And it just didn't hit as hard as it should have done. And that's because of the crowd, not because of the band. So I've heard this song now four times, twice in New York, twice in Manchester. Yeah. And I knew they were going to play this. Yeah. And I've wanted them to play it a long time. Mm-hmm. I don't think it works in a live setting. Mm. Maybe this is why they've avoided I it for so I think, long. and we asked for this, we, we wanted this, we really wanted them to play it. I think it, it's, it was just built up way too much. And it they it sounded great, and I loved hearing it live. Mm. But I think it killed the crowd on four occasions. Mm. Whether that's just not enough people knowing it, that's what I think. Whether it's that it just doesn't correspond in that setting. We've spoke about. There's a lot of stuff on that album like that doesn't need to be in a live setting. A lot of Zuropa. I'd like to hear live, but really, I can only imagine it working. You can't imagine Babyface taking the roof off the arena, can you? No, I don't think Daddy's going to pay for your crash car works live. Yes, it does. <laughs> well, you know, you, you're you're welcome to disagree with me on that. And I'm gutted because I know that this is such a big thing and I know that they've only played it because people have been asking about it for so long. For, for years, yeah. And I just... I just feel like it doesn't connect, and I think they were right all along. Well, this is the double-edged sword, isn't it? Of, yeah. of, of of this, you know, you you get what you want, and then because it's been built up so much, it's possibly disappointing. I was actually only disappointed with the crowd, and and maybe that's just a different way of agreeing with you. You know, saying that maybe it doesn't work in a live setting, but I I I really wanted to hear it. Um, because I, I think as soon as you play the the opening notes of Acrobat, yeah, 
the the roof should come off the place. Yeah, it should do. If you know it. And it's... I don't know. It's it, I'm, I just remember looking at the screen. Edge, Edge was uh, on the screen with the doing the solo. The solo is the is the best guitar moment in the whole, entire show. And it completely took my breath away, but I couldn't help but be aware of what was going on around me, and it, it wasn't hitting with a lot of people. Well, do you know when I'm going to enjoy that song? When they released the DVD, they've edited it together, <laughs> made it look like everyone was enjoying it, <laughs> and I'll really get into it there, and I'll convince myself that that's what happened. I'm so happy they played it, I'm so happy I heard it, and it was a really good version. Better the second time because I could see the screen and it was dark and I couldn't. I wasn't standing next to people talking about what they were going to have for tea the next night. You know, there was so there must be so many different factors that go into making a moment special. Yep. And it, I, I just didn't feel it. I think so. I mean, to sum up my position on it, I think the emotion involved with Acrobat is so high for me. I, I love that song and there's so many lines that that I've I've thought about and relate to a lot. And it is a dark song, like they, like they said. And I think this is the the original answer is you know people didn't want to come to hear that sort of thing, and it didn't match with the reaction, and that's the problem. Like if if Edge ever hears this, I can just imagine him sat there going, "Well, we did tell you, mm. and they did tell us. There was yeah. a reason they didn't play it for years. It's not as if they just forgot about that song." Yeah. And. I'll eat my words, and I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> and I've, 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 I genuinely feel apologetic. Well, I don't think they did it just because we particularly wanted no, it. No, but the fans but in I'm, general. I'm did. one of those fans that wanted them to play it, and yeah. was very vocal about wanting them to play that song yeah, for as, years. As was I. I think it was the right decision, and I look forward to the DVD version that I will um, convince myself was was what happened. As do I. Let's pick up a bit of speed. We're going into "You're the Best Thing About Me." Yeah, and I was. I was worried because I thought a certain song might show its head here because there was a snippet of Showman and I thought, oh no, it's coming down the line. I've not got any better with that song. Do you know what I really wanted? I wanted them to play it and everybody go cray cray and you just be stood there going, what? What is happening here? I, I don't I don't understand this. What are you doing? It doesn't make any grammatical sense. Mm, yeah, well, it's a great impression of me, but um, I, th- <laughs> I think... It would I would have got that outrage because if the people had not got into Acrobat and then loved Showman, I would think, what planet am I on? You know, what topsy turvy, <laughs> upside down world are we in at the moment when that's happening? But it wasn't. It was you're the best thing about me. Um, uh, yeah, and it was it was a great version. I actually thought this was such a good way to do this. Um, I, look, I like this. I'll, I'll see your reaction, Vix, and see you frowning. I like the single. Okay, it's it's fine. It's fine. Um, it's. I think the, one of the best things about that song is that the production. I think the production's great, but I'd be lying if I said I had a huge, you know, emotional connection to that song. Or I think it's an absolute gem. This version of it, which was a nice stripped down acoustic version, revealed the the, the kind of the, the simplicity of the melodies, how well it works on that level. It was very, um, it's very subtle version of it, and I, and I liked it a lot. What did you think, T? I like the cargo cargo version. All oh, right, yeah. And I and I thought that this was going to be such a huge bombastic song yeah, with Larry wasn't. just going crazy on the drums and that's that's what I wanted it's not what I got mm. um it was a nice moment and it's good to hear this song live uh, it's it, because I I think like you would like to hear more of the newer stuff yeah um so so at least I I, I got to hear it. it was nice 
people were singing along, people really enjoyed it. Yeah, and it was a nice kind of salve after um, after we'd gone through the darkness of, of Acrobat, and it was a nice it's a nice transition into the next section as well. It works really well in that sense. Yeah, coming off what we're, what we've just been saying about Acrobat, I think I'm going to trust their judgment. If this is if this is the best way this song sounds live. Then mm-hmm. this is the best way the song sounds live. I'm not. I'm not going to argue with that. Mm-hmm. For me personally, in an ideal world, I want. I, w- I want. Version. I want full full band and DJ. You know, because I want the Kygo version. <laughs> I don't just want the normal full band version. I want mm. a remix. But it's, you're not gonna be, Bono's not going to be able to do the stuff that he does on the remix. As live. I'm saying this, I'm beginning to realise how unrealistic my own expectations were. Yeah, I think you're going to get. Um... I don't know, stateless or the ground beneath her feet or something, some mad thing before that happens. Um, okay, so that leads us nicely into um, Summer of Love, uh, which was a was it a real treat to hear. Gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, yeah works really well. It's going to be the first song that I'm going to be learning to play this week. I've got a little bit of time off, so I'm going to learn that. At this point in New York, we got Stirring at the Sun. I would rather have this, personally. Which I've actually got a clip of on my phone, so we'll get that into the edit somewhere. Yes, give me more work to do, that's fine. <laughs> uh, I did notice with the stirring at the sun, and it was the same visual on the floor, it was the moon that they were walking on. Mm. Which made a lot of sense for stirring at the sun. I'm not sure if it makes a lot of sense for Summer of Love. Well, the moon creates tides. But thinking out loud, mm. maybe it's them trying to represent, you know, if we could distance ourselves from the planet and look down the problems seem so easy to solve Mm. but when you're down here you kind of get blocked up i don't i don't know i'm just thinking might be the tides thing (laughs) (laughs) that theory that was ignored (laughs) yeah okay so summer of love gorgeous song i recorded that um in its entirety on the second night because i really really liked the um the simplicity of that and uh yeah, it was it was it was beautiful. I don't I don't have much to say about about that particular version. It was just great. Are we on Pride? Are we doing Pride now? Yeah, next next was Pride. Oh, well, I thought I didn't know if that was. Uh, I, <laughs> I forgot to listen to you. So it happens quite a bit anyway. Yeah, Pride in the name of love. Yeah, um, this was um, it was improved by the fact that you had Edge doing a big walk around the arena. I assume Adam was Adam, walking Adam on the other did side. The other. Yeah, in New York, they were on the opposite side. Oh, um, but in New York, freedom looks like, and <laughs> too many choices. They start playing this song, and you guys know how I feel about "Bride in the Name of Love." But in America, that means something else. Yeah, that was insane. The ovation that that song gets, and how wholeheartedly people sing along with that, and yeah. that. That just means something to, to those guys that I just I, I maybe I, I just don't get it I don't I, I don't know but that's, I think it's probably the connection to civil rights and things like that that's huge over there and I'll mm. never forget that when they started playing that in in Madison Square Garden all the hers just stood up on my arm and it mm. was a crazy feeling it was it was yeah. big and it was it was just that power of people unified for one one thing yeah it was, it was crazy and, and that song is really politically um charged and useful in in america when they played it on the um on the you know on the footsteps for for footsteps on the on the steps you know for the barack obama um campaign or, or event yeah 
when they they were all really cold and they had to wear gloves on their hands and, and everything like that, uh, sort of fingerless gloves um, and big coats. Yeah, it does have that that reaction. It got a pretty good reaction at Manchester. It was still no, it did, and it, particularly Edge walking around. You know, it's a hit. We're in the minority. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was a good version. I enjoyed it. Um, I, I, I wish there was that sort of reaction for Acrobat, but you know, anyway. Um, and Edge and, and Adam then move around. Um, they switch. They switch their sides, and they got so close to the crowd. You know, they were they were getting very very close. You could walk over. It was sort of like, what choice do you want? Do you want to go over that way and see Bono? Do you want to go um, a few meters that way and go and see the Edge? Or you can stand around dithering like I did and sort of looking back back to forth. You know, between the two of them. Uh, yeah, so it was a good version. Nothing to say about it. Um, no, very very good. Uh, get out of your own way. Much much better than I was expecting it to be. I I really really liked it. And crowd knew it. Crap. Yep. Crowd. Yeah. What the? <laughs> <laughs> that guy that sat next to me, he was singing along. He knew every word. Yeah. Well. Um. Yeah. It was. I mean, I'm trying not to resent people for knowing for knowing songs that I don't like as much. Now, no, but, but it's a gamble, isn't it? You never know how these new so- what these new songs are going to be like. Yeah, and it was a really palpable hit. They must have had a lot of airplay. I do. I've heard it a couple of it times. It sounds on the radio. like a U2 song, though. We said this before. It... Well, it sounds like two U2 songs spliced together. Really, <laughs> two better U2 songs. It does <laughs> sound like in the set. it sounds like a U2 song. So I, I think it has that mass market appeal. Yeah. And to be fair to the song, it worked brilliantly live it's another one of those songs that it makes sense live even if it doesn't come across i mean the band say this as much anyway not about this particular song but they say they are a live act and that's where those songs live and no matter how much messing around you can do with them with a mixer they're going to sound better live and you can't have that chorus you know with with i mean edge chants so loud on that you know the backing vocals on that are as, as powerful as Be- beautiful day um and it, yeah it takes the roof off and it sounds it sounds great there was a pit, a bit, and I think we. There was a pit. There was a moss pit. Together. There was a moss pit. Yeah, uh, there was a bit, and I think we've missed it. Uh, but I was at the bar. I I ran to get us some drinks, mm-hmm. which, considering how I've been feeling today, and the fact that it's taken us nearly twelve hours to record this episode, because I had to have a nap. In, yeah, well, in I the... was slaving over a hot editing board <laughs> in between. Yeah, so maybe those beers were a mistake. But I'm a, I'm I'm coming back with the beers, and I hear Bono go. Mm, Shala, mm. and I think, what is going on? Yeah. What point was that? What point was that? I don't remember. I mean, that was. It's not something I've got listed down to remember, to be honest. Um, I. It must have been, in the, even better than the real thing part, surely. Possibly, yeah. I mean, it was. It was. It was just before Vertigo, because I remember I carried on singing the O's from Elevation mm-hmm. on my way to the toilet, <laughs> to the bar, and I think one guy joined me, mainly out of pity. Yeah, I mean, I I, I wouldn't have joined in if I'd have been a stranger. No, I, I was I was very much in the party spirit last yeah. night. <laughs> so we go on now to New Year's Day. Yeah, and I don't know what they did to New Year's Day um, to make it sound so different, but it it really did sound different. They might have been playing it a little bit lower. I think they were they were definitely playing it lower. Um, but it had this real uh, weight. Still, yeah, and it, it and almost like a sense of menace as well to it, like this rumbling, like we're heading for some sort of like incredible disaster. Now, on a totally unrelated note. 
Bono started talking about the EU and Brexit and things like that. It's totally unrelated to, to that, you know, that point about an oncoming disaster. Well, <laughs> the well, the, the, the flag... Oh, there goes my microphone again. Uh, <laughs> you think we'd have got better at this as time went on. I've not hit mine. The, the EU flag came down. It did. With one of the stars... Highlighted. Like, highlighted yeah. with a, a love heart and it had the Union Jack on it. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure what that means. But <laughs> it, in America, this was the American soul bit. The American flag came down. Yep. This was the the anti-Trump thing. Yeah. Uh, and this is the anti-Brexit thing. It it was powerful. It worked. Mm. Um, I think with Brexit, it's too late. I think you know it's happening. You you might very you, you might I, know, very I mean right. I don't think there's an if anymore. It you know it's happening. Well, this isn't a politics podcast, but I'd say there's still time. I, I am of the opinion it's happening. So let's make I, the best of it. Yeah, we, let's club together and make the best of it. Because we are in this now, and it doesn't look like for a long time we're going to get out of it. So it, it's going to go a lot smoother if we all kind of toe the line and try and make it better for ourselves. Whether it's what you wanted or not. That to me makes sense, and I'm not I'm I'm not big into politics, but to me, unity is better, and I think that was a a, me- a message from Bono in a different way, but just for someone who. Well, he didn't come out out and out and say and say we need to have a second reference. It wasn't that specific, you know. But I I got more of a sense of this is this is an avoidable thing, and Europe loves the UK and doesn't want to see it go, and. That's that. I'm I'm of that persuasion as well, and I think there still is time. Now, I'll I'll look back on this in a couple of months or whenever the hell it actually gets sorted out with this car crash of a government, and we'll see. Oh well, maybe maybe it worked out. Yeah. So this did have a real. I don't know what they they did to it live. As I said, I think they might have have, have toned it down or even. I don't think he he did, but I think it, there was the baseline seemed so different. It seemed to have this tone of menace underneath it, which I thought was fantastic. It was a completely different way to hear New Year's Day and it took a song which could you know it's been played a lot of times and we love it when we see it live it's one of the songs we don't seem to get sick of I said to you on the first night this is the greatest hit mm. this is it yeah the the record books might not say that but every time they play this live the roof really does come off the place mm. it always goes down well everybody knows it they've never played a bad version it's not aged at all, well, and it's been it's been updated to make it relevant to this situation as well. It's not my favourite song, but I think this is the greatest hit. I think we'd have to have a long discussion about what we mean by greatest hit to probably me to agree or not with that. But yeah, it was it was it was a fantastic Future version. Episodes, yay! Mm, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> long boring conversation about that about semantics. Um, <laughs> So yeah, it was a fantastic version, um, updated to make it relevant to uh, to um, the, the context. And again, it's good that they are t- they they don't get enough credit for for not pulling the punches with 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 stuff. You know, they they are getting their hands dirty. You know, and they are taking chances. This could have been a situation, and it well, it was a situation when when that was the time when I heard someone say, "Oh, stop talking about politics." And I thought, you know, what band have you been have you paid to see? You know, for me, this is the the end of the show. It kind of bookends it with the Zooropa opening, mm-hmm. and then zoo opening, the zoo opening. Well done, John, Johnny. <laughs> Thank you. Weird, and <laughs> and then going to New Year's Day. I feel like that's 
that's the the bulk of the show. Yeah, that's the story it's being completed. Told. And then, <laughs> and then, City of Blinding Lights, which we don't get, do we? Right, I I get it at the start of Chicago, and I love it there. It's yeah. fantastic, but I I think they they do love this song for some reason. And look, it got a great reaction. It's mm. not, it wasn't like another acrobat, and it, it. But I don't get why they felt the need to necessarily play the song again and have the same lights coming. Maybe they just had the lights and thought we pay for these lights. You know, and we, we, you know, the 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 sort of, and they are cool lights. They're, they're pretty good, yeah. Um, and you know, they're, they're inbuilt into the show. We may as well use them again. We like um, City Blinding Lights. Get Gareth back up on stage, or not Gareth? Who's that? That, that fool who was doing the? You remember in the version on Chicago when you've got the, oh not Chicago in, in Paris in got Paris that, oh that guy who's I, just I, on, I don't on know the, what his name is, but. <laughs> He's like the young Bono, like he gives him his glasses. It wasn't the, the young Bono. No, but that's what Bono's trying to do, isn't it? He gives him the glasses and the jacket and says, like, you know, you can. It was some Parisian ruffian with a lot of <laughs> ruffian. Arro- ruffian with arrogance Did he issues. Fence Bono's pocket watch as well. <laughs> well, he took his jacket and glasses. That's true. Well, yeah, but he never got them back. So um, yeah, City of Blinding Lights. I don't really have much to say. It was it, it was good. Um, I, were there a million different songs I would have heard? Yes. Lights out, the band bow, and they leave the stage, and then eventually, Sean Evans arrives on the screen mm-hmm. of the barricade. This is one of my favourite par- par- parts of the show. Mm-hmm. Was in New York, it was in Manchester. Really like it. Yeah, uh, the women of the world take over. I love that bit of the in there where it says um, respect existence or expect resistance. Now that might be something that's been around for ages, and it's it's, it's so catchy, and it, it sums up so many different um, groups that face prejudice and discrimination, and it applies to loads of different situations. So maybe that's you know that's been it's as old as time that that phrase, and I've just not come across it. But it's such a fantastic phrase, and I, that really really struck me on that second night of this is this is. A, Best, the best way that you're kind of summing up what that ethos of you 2 is. Now, we do have a clip of this, of just before this song came <laughs> Yeah, we do. Rhyme a bit sarcastic in it, I think. And I kind of... I, I'm very drunk at well, that point. Should we, like, should we just hear the clip? Yeah, let's, let's, go, let's, let's just put let's it Let's roll in. VT. It's the encore, the second night, and um, already it's felt like such a different experience. No pun intended. Watching from a very, very elevated height. Again, no pun intended. Do you agree? No, it's been it's been totally different. Totally He's different. He's seating better than standing. I can't confirm or deny that. <laughs> but it looks like the band are coming back on now. The women of the world are about to take over. Yes. Thank God. Yeah. And four <laughs> Irish men are going to tell us all how how that's done. Here we go. That sounded sarcastic, but it wasn't meant to be. Here we go. So, listening back to that, Tyler, how do you feel? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, the, as you just said, the volume that you shouted, the women. <laughs> oh. oh, no. I saw every woman in the local vicinity just start clapping for you then, in appreciation. <laughs> um, um, oh, God, I'm so ashamed. <laughs> Well, you were enjoying the gig, weren't you? As we all were. It was it was a good time and it was a great moment and it it worked really well. Um Oh god, I'm so sorry if anybody was around me at that point. Well, as the gig got 
towards the end and we knew the weekend was finishing and the two gigs were were you know the time was up and and this whole journey that we've been on was gonna was gonna finish um i think we got more and more emotional to be honest um we did yeah we did embarrassingly so i would say but you know there we go we were arm in arm at some point well we'll get to that as we get to it (laughs) um yeah, so um, so yeah, so we have this we have this um, this tribute here, um, and it's nice that they've carried this on from um, from Joshua Tree. This I, this preoccupation with feminism it's not it's not a dirty word. It doesn't mean man hating, obviously, and it's it's a really great thing that they they're in, they're putting into the show. And I think yet again the the tackling a subject which is important right now. It's not just topical. It's 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 necessary. And they're, they're not doing it in a stupid way. And you know there are armies and armies of critics who think they're too cool for you two, that they're a rubbish band, and they it's noticeable that they're not able to write column after column saying how badly they've handled something like this. It's just it's good. It's good it's good concert craft, you know. Yeah. So I'm happy with it. Yeah. Um <laughs> You're not so happy. Let's just move on to yeah. one. Yeah. Clearly I really enjoyed one. Yeah, because the the condition I was in, mm. um, good, really good version. Yeah, really. I I think if you um, if there's no streets, one might be the song that people are going to see. Yeah, and if and if you've not got with or without you as well. Yeah, I think it's one of those three that that people would need. Yeah, certainly a big hit. Played really well. Um, there's a lot of emotion in this song, and this song has been about so many different things, and they've used it in so many mm. different ways. And Bono was very um, sort of honest about that. That whole this was a moment when we thought we might actually the band might be breaking up, you know, yeah. all, all those years ago, um, which again I think adds to adds to the humanity of what of the whole show. Really, you know, it's it, it does feel like we've we've been taken on a journey where we can see these guys being rock stars at the top of their game. And also be brought right back down straight away. And it's a real, it's a real skill that I think they're, they're now so good at. Yeah, um, love is bigger than anything in its way. Yes. Um, I'm yeah, s- I'm so happy I was right. Yeah, yeah, fine, fair enough. You're right overall. I, I, I do really, really like this song now. Um, do I, do I think it's produced the best way? No. Um, but I, I do really like it. I do really, really like it. There was a video a few weeks ago, um, which if you haven't seen it and you've been avoiding spoilers, you definitely go and check out the Copenhagen video of the show the, where the crowd continued doing the oh, 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 oh bit at the end. Mm-hmm. But it kept getting faster and it turned into like a football <laughs> chant. So, <laughs> so not I, I the think, vibe. I think you too expect that, you know, the, the, the song dies and then the chorus comes yeah. from from the crowd they start singing it but it didn't stop and it kept going so you just had like Adam Larry and Edge just looking at each other mm. a bit embarrassed and like oh this is what do we o- do obviously this is really cool and they mm. just end up laughing and it was such a great moment and it pretty was... sure it was Copenhagen Copenhagen yeah I, there was definitely a sense of that as well with with how it carried on and it must be a real relief to them to see oh these new songs are getting across what I loved is that every crowd is different. Every single one. Mm. It for 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 that to happen for so many people to do it and be of the same mind mm. 
It was. It was. It really did sound like a football chant, and it's one of the coolest things I've seen. It was a very chant-heavy, considering they did get rid of a lot of well-known songs, particularly yeah. obviously Joshua Tree. It was really strong on the chanting. This whole thing, and it, maybe this is. They know Manchester is a football town. Maybe that's why they 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 picked a lot of the songs that they did for that particular gig. That might just be a a, a, a stupid thing to say, but. They really, they, they did. Some, that sounded really patronising. Didn't they do well, the crowd? But you know, they, with the chanting, it was it was great. Yeah. Um. And that really set us up. That was the. That was the like up emotion, you know, yeah. the tears in your eyes because of the euphoria, and then it got really, really sad. Yeah, and then we got thirteen. There is a light, and I was right dedicated to the 22 victims who lost their lives in mm. Manchester on May 22nd, 2017, and everybody else affected by that tragedy. And, you know, we're, we're Manchester lads. We come from Manchester. We we live in Manchester. We love Manchester. This is mm. I said it earlier, this is our playground. And we watched the majority of our music in Manchester. Yeah, and it was really... Uh, it felt, as these things always do, it felt like an attack on who we are as, as people. Yeah. And, and what we do. So, being in the arena, the same place that it happened, it quite often is, and quite reasonably is on people's mind. It's something mm. that people are aware of. It really got me. Yeah, it it big time got me because we were standing where those people were stood. Yeah, we were doing what those people were doing. We were trying to enjoy ourselves, mm. and it really brought it home. And I'm not saying this. I'm not saying this is a negative at all, but it really just made that gig so much more emotional. Um, mm. Two nights, yeah, in a row, I cried like an absolute baby. Second night, I, I yeah, I couldn't stop crying. It was it was I, like, embarrassing, in a um, way. and it means so much to, much to me that that happened because it was it felt like a release mm. of something that I've been holding because um, we were in Manchester that night. We were watching a band that night, mm. and it's something that uh, took me a long time to process. Yeah. And the and the song itself, obviously it wasn't written for that purpose, but it takes on that sort of resonance and we're saying guard your innocence and things like that. Yeah. It just hits really hard. <sighs> Even now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, just an epic moment. We've seen Bono make those epic statements and, and dedications throughout the career and mm. obviously you never hope that you, you have to be one of the, you know, one of the crowds that are getting that dedication mm. but he really made that special and there was a lot of people walking out and I just think that really that really meant something to them and yeah. it really meant something to me and a lot of Manchester news um, you know news sources the next day reported it and they, they said that it was it was respectful it was the right thing to do it wasn't overblown. It wasn't very, you know, quote, you know, quote unquote, Bono-ish. You know, it was just done with subtlety, with dignity, and it was beautiful, and it worked so well. And it was, yeah, it was, it was a fitting end to the night. And as we said at the start, just so many different, um, different emotions through through that gig. Complete, just the journey. Yeah, all the way through. And the reason I said I was right at the start, really enthusiastically, before we before we started talking about this particular subject, yeah. is just that I I said this was he a good song. That, yeah, he said it was gonna. 
and uh, I completely eat my words about 13. Yeah, I think I, we're probably I, even overall then in I terms do, of word eating. I do like Song for Someone. Yep. Re- really mi- going to miss that song if that's if that song is done now. I don't think it is. But um, 13, that song now is changed forever for me. Yeah. And we should probably talk just briefly about the, the, the way that it was staged because they there was a nice bookending of the Innocence and Experience journey because as it began with a single light bulb, it ended with a single light bulb and Bono looking at this tiny little house, which is where, he, and as soon as he got that it out, and the first Cedar Road, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah. Um, but literally on stage there was this, this mini mini house which represented that, and that's where the light bulb came from. Well, and... on the screen it was kind of split, so you had the house, it looked big, mm. and you had Bono walking towards it. Mm. But I didn't know first night in the garden that the house was actually on the east stage. Yeah, yeah. So. I was I was really watching the screen and I had no idea that that was happening and then I realised what was happening and yeah. it was it was a, a nice moment. I've thought so much about what that means, about lifting the roof off a house and letting the light out. Mm. Well, it's delving it, into the past, isn't it? Is it Iris's spirit leaving Cedarwood Road and Bono, you know, rediscovering that innocence by, by letting go and. Well, exercising these demons. He does talk about her in terms of light, you know. Um, so, but it, it just made me think. I don't know. I don't. I'd love to hear Bono talking about what that actually that rep, that visual representation actually means. I think it can mean lots of different things, but but yeah, that, I think that would be that would be one of them. Um, I mean, and there's obviously syncs up with the lyrics um, in terms of light, not let it go out. Now, in song for someone. Um, that is obviously best read in terms of romantic terms. If there's a light with someone, if there's a passion, if there's a spark, let it endure, let it carry on, and don't ever let it go out. But in this term, it, it seems so different. If it's if it's more to do with hope or this tiny little fragment of light that we have, even when things are getting at their worst, which, I mean, in historical terms, there's an argument, say we're in one of the darkest times in recent history, you know, it can take on those big symbolic things, and maybe that is just one last plea to keep some kind of hope in your heart. Yeah, magical end to a gig. Mm. Um, magical end to two nights in Manchester. Mm. A triumphant return to Manchester. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Um, I think we're gonna we're gonna draw this to a close pretty soon. Mm. Uh, we should say thank you. To the people that came to have a drink with us, uh, Stu, mm-hmm. Phil, and Gareth, uh, we bumped into Gary on the street as well. Mm. Um, we did talk to quite a few people. We didn't get many interviews this time. We were too busy just having a, a proper chat with people to actually. Yeah, we we saw a family from Wigan, which was an interesting coincidence. We had a, had a chat <laughs> to them. We talked to loads of different people, and we just didn't record it. No, and I'm I, it's so fine. Everybody we we spoke to, and even if we didn't speak to you, even if we didn't see you, you helped make this weekend just so yeah effing amazing. It really was good. Yeah, every person who was singing along in a bar, every person who was just enjoying the fact that we had we were drenched in U two music all day. Yeah, uh, thank you, thank you to the the lookalike, the Bono lookalike who we who we talked to, Tony. He was fantastic. Um, Where's, what's he at again? Is it just Bono? Is that the... it's fake Bono underscore UK? I thought it was just Bono. Just Bono underscore UK. It's in my wallet. Yeah, um, he, I don't know. He was so he, convincing that people yeah, were doing double he's takes. From, he's from South in. Yorkshire, and if you look him up, he is like the UK's 
top Bono impersonator. And you can see why because he he is incredible. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, so um, oh, and Debbie as well, who was uh, who was his partner or wife? I'm not sure which. Uh, yeah, really nice to see people um, all day, and yeah, it draws a line under this whole journey from from innocence to experience. I'll say this. I'll say this now. When I left Madison Square Garden that night and I heard bars blasting out you two, I thought I was in heaven. Mm. Uh, New York's a great party city, anyway. Yeah, it's just a great place to be all the time. If I if I'm leaving a gig and thinking, okay, I'm going to go in that bar now and dance with people and mm. have a great time and have an in, you know, just listen to my favorite music. Have a drink and get to know people. Yeah, I thought it couldn't get better than better than that. Mm. But Manchester, you absolutely blew it out of the water. <laughs> this has been one of the best weekends of my life. It was just been so good. Thank you, Johnny, for being there with me. Um, I'm so glad we share this because if I didn't have this in my life, <laughs> there would be a huge chunk missing. Um, a, a few, a couple of other thank yous. Um, just going through this, getting to New York, uh, going to the gigs here. I've had to like. Uh, there's been a lot of favors where I've had, had to ask people, "Oh, we, you know, can you just help me out and do this? Can you just help me out and do this?" There are two very, very special women who have asked me not to name them, but there's a lot from this weekend that we're still working on. Uh, and there's two very special women who have really helped us do this. And Bono is 100% right. If you want something done, get a woman to do it because they bring a whole new meaning to the word organization. Mm-hmm. I would have been lost without them for the last six months. And I just want to say honestly and sincerely, thank you and I love you both. Um, it's just... It's been incredible, so thank you very much. Thanks for me as well. Yeah. Just to chip in. Um, We're going to draw this episode to a close, um, but once again, thank you very much for listening. We hope you enjoy this mammoth-sized episode, and we will be back eventually. We just need something to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you very much for now, and we'll see you soon. See you soon. Hi there, thanks for listening to the show. If you'd like to get in touch, please contact us on facebook.com forward slash review 2 you or on soundcloud.com forward slash review 2 or search for the Review 2 podcast on iTunes. You can also email us at review2contact at gmail.com. Please like, comment and subscribe. Thank you.